What's happening, weirdos? This is Chris Martin from Coldplay. Ever heard of it? Huge. Big deal. Very excited. Uh, I did a stand-up show. Uh, well, Chris wanted to do a stand-up show. He asked Judd Apatow, uh, the wonderful Judd Apatow, who's my friend, uh, for some comedian names. I was one of those names. We did the show. I mentioned the podcast. Chris listened to the podcast, and as you're about to see, he's just that sort of person. He's inquisitive. He's curious. He's engaged. He's alive. He's very, very cool. And he li- he listened to it. I, I was just like, there's no way he's going to listen to it. He's into things. He likes new things. And he likes this show. And he especially likes the ones with me and Val. So Val, uh, which is our Friday episodes, for those of you who haven't listened to us before, Wednesday is me and a guest, and Friday is me and Val. And this is sort of a hybrid because it's me and Val and a guest. And that guest is Chris Martin. So I'm so excited. So thank you to uh, Judd, who booked me on the show with uh, Chris, which introduced us. And thank you to everybody on Chris's team that helped make it uh, happen. Uh, We're talking about Mandy, Lauren, and Sheila. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, everybody on Chris's team. So excited that this is happening. Uh, And you're about to enjoy it. If you'd like to, and you're about to enjoy it. Thanks, Pete. I'm a professional podcast host. If you guys would like to support the show, we don't do traditional ads. We do what I call Pete's Picks. These are things I actually use and actually love. Chris actually makes fun of that a little bit in this episode. But it's true. These are things that I love, like Ned, Ned and Company. Ned is a wellness brand rooted in the belief that we can all feel better and live better through simple means and a deeper connection to the natural world. And Ned is a purveyor of great great, great quality CBD. If you guys have listened to this show before, you know I'm a big believer in CBD. I call it my happy juice. It puts a little smile behind my face. It doesn't get you stoned. It doesn't take you out of the game. You can focus on it. You can read on it. You can work on it. It's just a wonderful way to help your nervous system relax a little bit. I find it to be mood elevating and stress reducing. It's a wonderful plant-based game changer without getting pharmaceuticals involved. It's something earth grown that I'm all about. And Ned is, like I said, the purveyor of great quality CBD, which means they work very closely with the farms that grow this hemp in C- in Colorado. I almost said in CBD. It's third party lab tested. They have relationships with these farmers. They're involved and observe and watch the cold extraction process. And it's not just like 150 acres of GMO corn and a little patch of hemp. These are farmers that are into it. They play music to the plants. They get the worm beds feeding into the soil. And what the result is, is incredibly clean tasting and wonderfully effective CBD. It's not even flavored. It just comes in a little uh, dropper with a little bit of MCT oil. So it's a super clean taste. I often take it during the day and I often take it at night, which helps me relax and chill out before I go to sleep. And it's a wonderful, wonderful, like I said, plant ally. And the best way to see if you like it is to give it a try. And you can do that and show your support of this podcast. So if you're interested, go to helloned.com slash weird or enter weird at checkout and you will get 15% off your first one-time purchase and 20% off your first subscription order. That's helloned.com slash weird or enter weird at checkout for those savings and see if you like it. 
Another Pete's pick and a big part of my daily routine is Ritual Multivitamins. Ritual is a unbelievable multivitamin that not only makes uh, me feel ready to start my day, but it's clean, it's vegan-friendly, it's formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use, and that's because it has a delayed release. I know there's a belief that multivitamins don't work because you just pee them out, but Ritual does not break down in your body until it's in your lower intestine, which means two things. One, your body can actually absorb the nutrition and the vitamins inside of it, and two, it's okay to take if you intermittent fast or if you just want to take it on an empty stomach. If you've ever taken a multivitamin on an empty stomach, you know that's usually a bad idea, but the delayed uh, release formula of the Ritual Multivitamin makes it good for both of those reasons. Not to mention, we deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. And in Ritual, you'll find high-quality, traceable nutrition, but you won't find sugar, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, or artificial colorants. Plus, it has a fresh minty taste, which I actually really look forward to every morning. And as I mentioned, a delayed release capsule design. Uh, It's a wonderful way to get things into your body that you might have gaps. For me, for example, I don't eat meat. Uh, I eat very, very little dairy, which means I might be lacking in B12, uh, which is hard to get in a vegan diet. Boom, B12 is in there. And not only is it in there, you'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. It's now available for women, men, and teens. Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support the different stages of life. And your multivitamins, I love this part, are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. It's really easy to start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. And if you'd like to, you can support the show by going to ritual.com slash weird to get 10% off. That is the offer from Ritual for the weirdos. 10% off during your first three months. Go to ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today. Last but not least, I'm actually wearing pajamas right now and they are, you got it, me undies lounge pants. It's fall, y'all, and it's time to replace your water intake with pumpkin spice lattes and go out of your way to step on a crunchy leaf because the coziest time of year is here. So find your comfort in undies, loungewear, like what I'm wearing, and more with me undies because me undies believes that comfort is about more than what's touching your skin. It's about feeling comfortable in your skin. Val and I heard about me undies on another podcast. We love listening to podcasts as well as doing one. And we did a complete underwear and uh, lounge pant overhaul. Even got some onesies, which we love. And they are the most comfortable, softest, and most fun printed, unless you just get the solid colors, which look great as well, underwear that I've ever owned in my life. And we have not looked back. I mean, imagine the softest thing you've ever felt. Now imagine that same thing, but on your butt. Now you're talking about MeUndies. They're designed by the country's top softness scientists by, to be the softest thing you've ever worn, period. From undies to loungewear, their fabrics are breathable, light, and almost irresistibly cozy. Really, you might not be able to stop lounging on the couch. You've been warned. Available in sizes extra small through 4XL in a variety of classic colors and iconic prints, MeUndies will have your back 
and your and your butt all fall long. MeUndies has a great offer for weirdos for any first-time purchasers. You will get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has a problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. So to get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash weird. That's MeUndies.com slash weird. All right, everybody. I'm very excited for you to hear this. This is Chris Martin. You know the deal. I'm excited. Get, oh, I'm about to say get into it, but also get your butt to my next Living at Largo, September 9th. That's my next stand-up show, Largo-LA.com for tickets right here in Los Angeles. All right, get into it. Same spot. Yeah, but, but this is um, your heart meridian. That's why you naturally want to put tattoos there. No yeah. way. I've it never It runs heard from that. the, like, in, everywhere you see people put emotional tattoos, that all of mine are on there and all of yours yeah, are on there. And this is my my lady, my like soft but strong I woman love that. in that same general region. Wow, that's very What is cool. this? I always want to put a tattoo here yeah. so I can see. I wanted to yeah. put uh, goodness is its own reward, evil is its own punishment. That's something I always want to, like I love remembering that. Mm-hmm. You might need a slightly bigger area. <laughs> <laughs> that's more of a back no, tattoo. No, he wants it really <laughs> tiny. I do want like a memento it. style. Oh, remember yeah. Sammy Jenkins. That's what I want that tattoo. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. I don't remember that specific line. Well, that's the tattoo he has right here because Sammy Jenkins is the person he made up. I was just thinking about spoiler. Goodness is its own reward. What is it? E- evil, evil is, is its, its own, own punishment. Because um, there's like these old ta- you'll know about this more than I will, but there's like these old lectures from the 80s um, where Ramdas is talking about Trump and is just like yeah. That like feeling so sad for him. He's like that karma to be that person who is. And this was when he was just like a, a rich mm. guy. Way before politics. He was like, he says, if you want that trip, you can have it. Yeah. And he says it with sort of like sadness. Yeah. And we're, we were just kind of talking about, you know, just the, the mythology of like being rich and famous and powerful is what will make you happy. And we, we know people as I'm sure you do like, and please give us their specific names and addresses, but um, (laughs) uh, where like, even, even though they are living proof that that isn't true, that that mythology is so ingrained that like they, it's like, they don't believe it. They just rather be on, you said this, they'd rather be unhappy, rich and famous then wager a risk at like any at, at like true happiness and not rich, rich and famous. If that makes any sense, yeah. yeah, I think it does. I think that um, if you look, there's all of these imagined hierarchies that are designed to make humans feel contextualized and safe. Because mm. if you don't have a hierarchy of religion or money or race or whatever mm-hmm. is the system you believe in, then you have to confront your infinite tininess mm-hmm. in the infinite magic and mystery mm-hmm. which some of us find like the best feeling of all mm-hmm. and i think for some people it's just too much right. absolutely and so you're like you know what i'd, r- I'd rather join the british aristocracy system yes. even though i'm not at the top i, I know where i fit yeah mm-hmm. and i think that certainly for me growing up i was like well fame is going to be the answer for me yeah. for like what is this deep longing i have well maybe if i get famous it will go away mm-hmm. and of course it's not the answer but Right, yeah. it's it's an it's a sort of tangible thing, right? right. And it's actually it's a line to stand in. 
I, yeah. yeah. And I, I you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you go, oh, there's Ricky Gervais. <laughs> there's yeah. there's yes. Bono. There's Tom Cruise at the top. And yeah, exactly. I'm somewhere We're all behind on, on the D-list. And, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my life has a sort of purpose. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> the D-list of actors. <laughs> like, you've only acted in a few things. you got to be. You're still... Do you? Well, go ahead, Mom. It sounded like you were about to say something. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think that that is, that's so wise. And it's like, that's happening in our system. Like, I think the parts, we all have a part of us that wants the context, which is our brain. That's yeah. our brain's loving way of keeping us from, of orienting us, I think. So it's, it does, your brain just wants to organize and put things in categories and like make sense of everything. But our bodies and our spirits can be and can like marvel in the nobodiness, the smallness and the and really like finds peace in that. But rarely our brains let us get to that. Which is point. why I think this is a Muji thing. He goes, don't don't wait for the mind to understand. He's like the oh, it's actually it's it's Richard Rohr. He goes like, don't wait for the mind to catch up with the heart. He's like the the human imagination can't imagine a safe vastness. Mm-hmm. It will only ever imagine hierarchy and tribe and in and out. So it's like so uh, fuck it. Basically, is what he's yeah. saying. He's like the the human mind will always come up with systems of in and out, mm-hmm. and the divine imagination, which is what he calls it, because he's a theist, would be like. Uh, again, Jesus has that quote where he goes, you can't divide infinity. And the mind doesn't like that. We want, I want to know I'm winning and you're losing. I want to know I'm going to heaven and you're going to hell. Some, uh, at least the brain wants to know who's winning. I think it was winning. you, that one of my favorite philosophers, who said, <laughs> uh, even a small bit of infinity is infinity. That's right. That's what we and talked really about tonight. I really like that a lot. Um, yes. Yeah. Because... I don't, I'm not saying that one's smallness is a bad thing. No. It's almost like within that smallness, you can feel all the hugeness. If that's it. The whole like ocean in a drop kind of thing. That's it. And I have personally, definitely in meditation, find a real peace. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'm just in this big one thing. And yes. right now I'm supposed to be a musician and thank you so much. And I'm going to do my very best. And yeah. then I'm going to melt down into whatever the next thing is. Yeah. Whether that's just being some soil or, yes. you know, someone's candle. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> and it's all okay mm-hmm. is the point. So I think twice a day with meditation, you get that sort of like, so it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. All the stuff that you worry about for the other 23 and a half hours yeah. is just a sort of game. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, it's, and it's fun and it's great and you learn and you grow and you fail and you everything. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's, like, it's, all, it's all okay. But when yes. you put it all down and that's what meditation is and you're still there... That's the great. That's the great news. Is you're like that's who you really are. Yeah. All the other stuff is stuck, yeah. stuck to the window. Yeah. That's who you really are, and it's who we we really are. It's, who, it's all right. of us, right? Yeah. Everything and every. But it's so hard to let alone on your podcast. I, I don't know how to articulate that mm-hmm. feeling. It's just a feeling of like, mm-hmm. okay, it's all all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it comes to me often in like, a, oh, I don't have to do anything. That's what but we were saying. Not like, I don't in. have to do anything right now. I can sit. It's like a deeper, profound, like, I just am. Like, I, I am. I don't have to. And that's, I feel like, really powerful for especially people like us who were raised religious, where it's like, you have to do certain things to reach the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And if the kingdom of heaven is that feeling of just like, oh, it, it, it's okay. 
I don't have to do anything. It's it's an undoing. It's, it's an unlearning. unlearning. Mm-hmm. It's an unknowing. The mind can't know it. But it goes back to what you were saying about success. Is yeah. we so we just started talking off mic about ticket stress. Like I my weekend mm-hmm. when this airs isn't Aren't this you a little at the Brea on the yes. September the fourth <laughs> third and Laura Bites was going to open for but you. But she got Coco. Oh, but that's listen, why the tickets aren't selling because she's that's right. That's she was right. the draw because she's amazing. But she isn't is amazing. this the, isn't this piece though? I was just going to say this will air after that weekend is done. So it's like a great cosmic. What are you worried about? Like mm. no matter what, it'll end and then this will air. Like everything will march on. Like but I I harp on slow ticket sales at the Bray Improv September third weekend. Well, everybody who has anything to do with ticket sales has been in that position Pete. yeah <laughs> I, I, I i've been even with all of the suffering in the world that's happening as we speak mm-hmm. yeah all over the place still if you said to me you know the tickets aren't really selling in pittsburgh that that would consume me yeah mm-hmm. more than anything and, well, and, that, and i say said. that knowing how ridiculous that is yeah because i think that for people who become show business people ticket sales are somehow a measure of your worth yeah, yeah even for you internally. Yeah. And because we got into showbiz partly to give ourselves a sense of self-worth, mm-hmm. it's like stabbing the wound that you were trying to fix in the first right. place. Right. It like, barely See, nobody over. likes you. They're not coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I've known it all along. And what's worse is you go on Instagram, and I'm not normally this way, but I see so many people selling out. They're like, added show, added show. And I'm like... Man, I'm I'm trying to subtract a show over here. Mm-hmm. But also, who cares? This is what Val said on the way in. I, we left the east side coming here, and I was feeling stressed. And by the time we got here, I felt fantastic. And we were just talking about, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, the folly of looking for it out there. Can yeah. you talk about that? I can, I can talk about that as long as you want. Please talk about it for um, roughly two hours. Okay. <laughs> um, well... The folly of what would you describe it? Of looking for it out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever it yeah, is, love. Yeah, absolutely. I've been working on this a lot. Um, I think that, I don't, know, I don't know if it's a folly, it's just a natural thing of like, you. everybody, like you were saying earlier, everyone wants to be seen. Everyone wants someone to confirm that they're precious mm. and special because we don't really, at least in the schools I went to, we don't really get taught, oh, you, you know, you're precious just by existing. Mm. Just like that lizard and just like that, you know. And Alan Watts quote, he's like, have you ever stopped and thought about the virtue that you grew to yeah. the most precious jewels that this planet knows, which are your eyes? Yeah. Like, you, you, that's part of you. And you, yeah. nobody told you that. Have you ever watched, there's a video that my teacher Habib sent me a couple of weeks ago of a, a cell turning into a tadpole. Wow. Mm. And it starts as nothing. And then you just watch life. It's just wild. Yeah. Wow. I but get that, that feeling anytime. But I that see magic that's too. everywhere, yeah. mm-hmm. that magic that's absolutely everywhere, is also strangely hidden in main, main in the mainstream media. <laughs> in, uh, but it in, should. In it's worthy of a four-inch headline, yeah. right? So, yeah. well, so, for, so, so you're not really told as a kid. Oh, by the way, you have all this magic in you, and mm-hmm. so does everybody, and everyone's you know different to anyone else, and we're all special. And, we're all super special. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, well, I don't feel good about myself. And no one in this circle is telling me that I'm anything good. So I'm going to become something much bigger to mm. get that applause. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. you pinpoint it? Because I had a Christmas Eve where I went up into the bathroom, like a movie, like an indie movie. Yeah. And I clenched my fists. I was just so frustrated with 
where I was and my how I felt, really how mm. I felt, like yeah. small and not special. Mm. I clenched my hand, like angry, prayed, kind of to myself. Like I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna be here. I'm gonna get yeah. out of here. I can. You have a moment. Yeah, I was uh, 14 and uh, I was at boarding school. This is a sad. This is not. This it's not, okay. Um, and um, I went to hang out with some. I had a guy in the same boarding house as me who had a sister at a girls' school up the road. And we went to hang out with his sister and his friends. And at the end of the day, he said, <laughs> he said, my sister's asked if you would not come next week. <laughs> it, just was, it was like being crushed under a pile of bricks. Oh, no. And uh, oh, no. I was like, okay, no. I've clearly got to like turn into something else because oh. this isn't really working. I mean, it's oh. the same thing. It's just that, it's like, yeah. I wish I could like, be go and talk to that kid to be like so it's all okay don't worry yeah. this is yeah. this is normal teenage stuff that's yes. right. but at the time it, it just felt like all right i'm i'm just less than nothing and I, so yeah. in a way it was the greatest gift ever because yeah. it Absolutely. lit a fire and then that combined with a love of music because there's people i know who love 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 music but but don't they're not really bothered about whether they do it as a job right. or whether they're in a huge band or anything right mm-hmm. so most not- front most frontmen sorry Peter. I was just going to say they didn't have the compulsion to master yeah, it. Yeah, most frontmen have some sort of, and I had a few episodes like that, as I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. did. Something that lit the fire that just won't, cannot be extinguished. Of like, yeah. I, I will not stop. Yeah, and and so it's a blessing. And at the time, it felt like a curse, but it was mm. the greatest. I would do nothing but be highly grateful to all of the people yeah. <laughs> concerned in that. Well, Val and I talk about wow. that all the time. It's like I wish I could take away the wounds of her child self, but I'm like. And this is a cliche, but it doesn't mean it's not true. That's who made her into this yeah. person that I love so much. Yeah. I know that sounds like a Backstreet Boy lyric, but it's true. Mm. So, like, First I want. Of all, there's nothing wrong with that. Ah! <laughs> I want it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I were you, sidebar, all I would do is do hilarious covers. Like, I would just cover weird songs. Like, when Phoebe Bridgers covered the Goo Goo Dolls, I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that. I just think it's so funny. Like, if I were you, if I were Chris Morton, I would just cover, like, unexpected songs and do them well. We covered um, Pony the other day by Genuine. Oh, perfect. That's, like, one of my songs. Kate was laughing because that is my go-to song. song. Yeah, well, it's a masterpiece. (laughs) Really? I don't know why you... It's a great song. I'm laughing because of the earnestness. But it really is, though. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That sound. I mean... That's one of Timberland's first big songs, you see. He produced that? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a... <laughs> um. I loved that moment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so pause for... Uh. Nothing makes me laugh harder than spontaneous agreement because it's what we were just saying. It's mirroring to each other. I see you. I'm in the same room with you. Yeah. I'm sharing the same existence as yeah. you. Yes. Please go on. Um, so it was a real laugh is all I was uh, Pony... <laughs> Well, first of all, it's a ridiculous cover for me to do because I'm a 44-year-old white man from the southwest of England. Yes. <laughs> and we just don't say things like, like Genuine says in the verse. Yes. <laughs> or the chorus. Or the chorus. I've never seen Hugh Grant say, oh, your pony, um, I'm right. <laughs> I've never heard that. Not once. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> me too. Uh, pardon, pardon me. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, I wish I could think of any more pony lyrics. That's um, all I have. Yeah, if you're horny... Um, <laughs> Let's, um, um, let's do it. But, um, it's actually very polite. Jump, jump, jump on it. Uh, waiting, so. <laughs> yeah, come on and um, jump on it. 
That's what he's saying. My saddle. My saddle. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Very horse. It's, it's one of the biggest equestrian-based songs before uh, Old Town Road. Oh my God! And let me ride that donkey, of course. Yes, I don't, I don't know, know that. that. One so much. Oh, let me ride that donkey, donkey. Let me ride that donkey. Do you know that song? I don't think so. It, was, it had a minute mm. in like the t- early two thousands. Yeah. Was it before? It was after Pony. I think some producer was smoking a big cigar and was like, "We got to do something to catch up with genuine." Yeah, not a horse, a pony. <laughs> and then they, they did. Let me ride that donkey. Mm. I see. Yeah, you got it. I, I like blew it. it a little bit. Tell me why it's genu- uh, genuinely good. <laughs> Well, why is any song good? It just does something to your body. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, it, the amount of times it gets sung in our house is insane. And we sing that song well, all the time. Well, that sound, I just can't get over it. Like, you hear it on a dance floor and everyone is ready to party. But that's the song where there are some songs where even within one second, everyone is a light. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them. That's right. That's such We a good put it on. It. When we do our Friday episode, sometimes we're not feeling like doing it. It's one of the fun things about doing a weekly show. Yeah. The podcast, I can record four in a week, and that's the yeah. whole month. But we have to do an episode every Friday, or that's how we do it. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't feel like it, mm. and we'll put on Pony by Genuine. <laughs> what are the other? There's, oh, Smash Mouth, All Star. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll fight you. It's a good song. It's great. And, and uh, Did you disagree? I just agreed, yeah. Yeah, all right. Did everybody um, hear that? Did everybody hear that? <laughs> Mr. Or, Mouth, or, or, um, did you hear that? Uh, uptown Funk, you know, as soon as you oh, hit do, yeah. everyone's up. <laughs> yes. Wait, how does that one go? Do, 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 do. <laughs> you know it. Thank you. <laughs> 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 and then the hi-hat comes in, yeah. <laughs> On the... <laughs> uptown Funk. <laughs> That's we a very it. good cover. <laughs> Well, we're already off to a smashing start. Somebody's going to make a, some kind of cut of that. Oh, I hope all, all so. Of the songs. Um, anyway, so, so what? I don't, this is the, the great. This is why it's silly to do any interviews to do with music, because none of us that do it really understand why it's good or where it yeah. comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. coming from somewhere else. You, like a fisherman or a surfer, you just have to learn a bit of how to catch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't really make it. That's right. Yeah. Who knows where that song came from? But it was. It came through Timberland, who's a genius of sonics and we were, beats. And, we were just yeah. talking about when people go, oh, that was parallel thought. Like, I'll have a joke, and I'll be like, oh, it's very similar to this person's joke. And I go, we're swimming in the same stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like we're in a ball pit living. We think we're so isolated. And what I'm saying is it really does feel like the ideas are just uh, byproducts uh, yeah. of reality that we're sharing. Mm. I don't know. It gets a little woo-woo, but I, I really feel that strongly. Mm-hmm. When I, I remember Greg Fitzsimmons and I came up with the same fountain joke, and I was like, yeah, we both grew up watching people throw coins in fountains. Mm. Why do you think you're in that world and I'm in this world? We're in that world. And yeah. we both think about funny things. It's going to happen. What happens with music, too. Um, we got sued once for... Um, a, the, the person said that we'd um, oh, I remember. taken a bit of their music, which we hadn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we all these we had got some researchers, and they found like fifteen other songs when, when we all had the same phrase in it. Wow. No and way! That's, just that's exactly how my it goes. Point. That's how yeah. that we're we're living in the we're, same world, we're and collaborating we're collaborating whether we like to think of it that way or well, that, not. Like we're living, yeah, we're getting the same juice. That's the one creativity. that's like a practical like kind of evidence of the fact that it's like one thing thinging itself. Mm. But you were saying I liken it to making like 
hunting. I've never hunted, would not want to hunt. But ideas are like deer, meaning they're sort of skittish. And there's like a, a listening. I, I, we read something that you went through a phase where you'd like wake up and like try to begin writing right away. Is that true? Well, so if there's, I uh, happened this morning where I, I wake up and there's just something there. Mm. It's almost like a, like an inbox. Mm. Mm. So, oh, I got a, and this, this morning it was a song called We Got It Made, which is never going to be a Coldplay song because I, I can't really sing that. Mm. Yeah. That's the song that came through this morning. So wow. I Smash follows me on Twitter if you want me to send it to him. Okay. <laughs> so uh, my, my only rule is if, if an idea is calling, I can't say no. Mm. That's really cool. That's beautiful. And then sometimes you, then you spend three weeks trying to craft around an idea. But the idea itself, where, where, it's the same for jokes, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why, does, why do some people just have the gift of one-liners? Yeah. Yeah. I just actually, this you'll love this. I was. Oh, I feel on, like a compliment's coming. I was, um, spent the weekend with girlfriends in Joshua Tree, and I was, they were saying, like, I think comedians are all so intelligent. And I was like, no, I live with one. Hilarious. <laughs> so I said. Very good. <laughs> I was like, it is an intelligence, but that's not what's making them so quick, I think, at least with you. Like, it's like a an openness. So that's why, like, you've shared about this, too. Like, there, there's like an edginess that can happen. Like, if we're sitting in a restaurant Pete will notice, like Jason Bourne, like he will know what's happening at every other table around him. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think of that as like, you're just like so open to life to like, you're just like an open vessel that um, it drops in and you can, you can tell a joke so quickly or you can have a funny response to something so quickly mm-hmm. because it's just, you're open to it. Whereas most of us are like n- not open. It is a sensitivity. Like I had, I had breakfast with a friend of mine mm-hmm. and I was like, why don't I do this more often? And then I catch myself deconstructing and replaying every beat of the breakfast. Not in a bad way. It's not like plaguing me, but mm-hmm. like everything he said will be bled out in every podcast. It'll come out in jokes that I write because it's like, when I'm listening, it's really getting caught in. And that, that's a virtue of growing up and not always feeling certain. Mm. And it's also, uh, I'm wondering, Chris, if you feel sensitive in the world. Is, yeah. is the world a bit much for you or are you uh, easy breezy? Well, I have a lot of tools now too. Mm. I, I get a lot of feelings, but I'm, I like any human. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely used to get very knocked over by feelings. Mm. And, and yeah, so that's, a, I guess, a form of sensitivity. And I'm grateful for that vulnerability because it allows music to come in. But um, I, I've had to learn over the last 10 years or so, you know, because I'm an adult man, you can't, I don't want to have a sulk or a depression in the middle of an interview or something, you know, that mm-hmm. you have to function. Yeah. 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 So I have good tools to handle. I get, I mean, I'm sure you do too. Mm-hmm. Every day right now is like half massive depression, looking mm-hmm. internally and externally, mm-hmm. looking at what everyone is going through everywhere. Mm-hmm. Then elation at being alive, and then music, and I get to do things like this. Yeah, and I'm sensitive if someone else is going through something. I'm sensitive if I feel like I've hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the short answer is yeah, very sensitive. <laughs> but I don't think I don't know whether that's more or less. It's both. But I've definitely yeah. made a conscious decision to not try and. Um, uh, what's the word when you sort of band, band-aid it? Mm, yes. Yeah. I don't really drink. I don't really do drugs or anything because yeah. I'm trying to learn to 
like I feel like the sensitivity is part of the gift I got given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And it is like I my whole I mean the the appeal of mindfulness. So like the fire you were talking about like my fire for teaching mindfulness and going down this path is that I feel everything like so intensely. Right. Um, but before I didn't really feel that way until I got pregnant and a lot of the things that happened with that occurred before that I, I was like sleepwalking. I was completely n- numbing either with like food or weed or just like in denial of my own feelings. And, um, and it is so like creativity, vitality, sensuality, like all of life's good stuff is part of that sensitivity of the like f- of being open to feeling all of the waves of life. Um, and I so I try to remind myself of that because sometimes I am like, God, this is so much. Like, I just uh, yeah, I, but I think so sensitivity much. is. Did I cut you off? No, no. Go. I think sensitivity can be a superpower, you know? Like, yeah. Especially if you're in the business of songs or comedy where you're trying to relate your heart to someone else's That's heart. That's it, yes. But a bit like in Iron Man 1 where Tony has made the boots and everything, but he doesn't know, how, they're out of control. He hasn't, he hasn't yes. mastered it. I realized that my uh, sensitivity was also coming out in really bad ways mm. with the rest of the band sometimes i would really get stroppy in the studio or grumpy mm. or sulky yeah well like if someone wasn't playing the way i wanted it to, you know i'd be a real dick yeah and that's charming when you're 23 and 24 mm. but by your third album you know when yeah. no one has to be there and then when it really hit me was with my daughter mm. that i i um became aware that she was so attuned to me being a little bit unpredictable mm. that it was making her um, have to, you know, navigate that. Yeah. And, I, and I, mm. I had to try and I'm still trying to work on that because I don't yeah. want her to feel like she can't be her in case her dad mm-hmm. gets upset. Oh, my god! Does that make sense? Yeah, yes. And like, how much money would you pay to a hear million. your dad say that? A million. <laughs> well, she won't hear this, I don't think. No, but, but, uh, no know, I know. But that's lovely that you recognize that. Well, I, I had to be shown that. But, um, mm. I'm, but I'm really grateful. Who because, showed you? Um, her mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, because. You know, who's like my big, you know, at this point, it's like my big sister. Um, yeah, with, yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I've. There are a few people in my life whom I'm very grateful. Well, a lot of, a lot of people. Mm. Um, but for sort of in this case for saying hey you, you could maybe work on that a bit and it might really improve the whole of your life mm. and at first I was like I don't need to work on anything I'm fine mm-hmm. I'm a rock star mm-hmm. like, okay well get, let's get past that <laughs> yeah. well, and, and I'm really grateful to be on I'm trying you know, I'm, I yeah. definitely fail every day yeah. uh, but uh, I'm happy to be at least trying because I don't yeah. want to calcify into an old man that's like you know like an old ex-famous person that Every, you have to sort of do everything their way and it's a bit it's just so difficult to navigate and yeah i was just going to say once yeah. you're winning in the way that the west wants to win which is how can can you pay your bills do people know who you are and you have both of those things going for we you. have two bills we have bill our producer <laughs> bill our production manager we pay both bills. i did just meet a bill um but when you're winning in that way it's sort of hard we don't have a lot of allowance culturally to correct someone who's winning so hard in these regards that culturally we value so much does that make sense yeah so it must be hard i know 
or I've at least worked with some like super high functioning, successful people. And I can see the risk that you sort of can become like a planet, you know, and, and yeah. everybody just sort of orbits around you. Yeah. I, I don't know Oprah I'm, and Oprah seems to be doing wonderfully to be honest, yeah. but I think there has to be a risk of being Oprah because who's going to tell Oprah she has halitosis, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> probably her stylist, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like who's going to tell you that you're being a dick to the band? And in this case it was your, your yeah. Well, I'm also lucky that the rest of the band will do that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a sense. But it really is. It, I, it is, there is something lucky about it because because they're like, like Pete said, like we know people who we just you, you kind of like lose your personness if there is a life where everybody is just like will agree with whatever and pretend like you know. Well, you become money. You're perfect. You yeah. become money. And then and, you, and I think it's got to be lonely. Well, the, I think the reason why we're getting along. I hope you feel it. Is we don't really want anything from you. Would like. I'm so I'm glad on the we're fence, chatting. But that's, yeah. <laughs> But a lot of people. No, I, I asked you to come here. Well, you asked me first, and then I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> "It's very generous." I love crashing, and I love. And we podcast. met because of Aww. another wonderful, successful person, which is which is Judd. And when I was w- going yeah. around with Judd, it was I got tired of how many times people would say, "If I just had ten minutes with that guy," and you mm. you must have that. I mean, there are a lot of people that are just like, "Could I hum something to you <laughs> or something, or would you like to produce this?" Or no, like- that doesn't really happen. Uh, <laughs> it, um, one time, a guy came up to me. He was really drunk at an awards show. He's like, "Hey, what's it like?" And I said, "What? What's 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 what like? Well, you know, being a rock star and everything." And I said, "Well, it's it's my dream. It's my passion. I everything." And he was like, "Yeah, I was thinking about it. Just like it was a." <laughs> Career choice. Like, so, oh, oh, oh my God. I'm on the fence. I might do that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, amazing. well, you sort of have to have a passion for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it has to start with somebody but, saying, my sister says not to come. Like, yeah. you'd know by now. <laughs> yes, you'd have the core wound. Yeah. But, um, uh, I've, well, of course, I'm, that I might not be the person to ask about this because it's difficult to be objective about this. Um, because I'm sure in to some people I do have all of those th- you know so um, but I will say that if you're in a band with people that you've been with since you were teenagers mm. you've all done everything together or a lot of things together and if you're then in relationships with people who are equally successful or more successful and sometimes more famous and so that sort of cancels that out mm-hmm. this is very mu- maybe that's why actors gravitate to act you know yeah. there's a sort of you can just be normal humans together. Yeah. Yeah. Or lawyers, I'm sure, attracted to lawyers, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what What were the tools that you learned? You said you were coping with these things. We're talking about being a sensitive person. Oh, yeah. You said I learned some tools. I'm sure yeah. people are kicking their um, radios. Tool, tool, <laughs> the tools that really helped me, there's two main ones. One is oh, meditation. Sorry, real quick, sorry. MeUndies offers the best. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Are you wearing all your Pete's picks today? I am wearing MeUndies. <laughs> I was like, this guy never They're pays blue. for anything. <laughs> I never what? I was, when I listened to your podcast, I was like, this guy never pays for anything. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing... I'm going to start doing... Wait, these are picks. perfect jeans. These are me yeah. and these. And you have your and Apollo And I have my on. Apollo on. And my, my uh, I bought two Apollos, yeah. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, and about, yeah, or Lauren did. I hope you like it. Lauren, who works with me. I hope you like it. That's we awesome. Um, but, so uh, sorry, that was a bad interrupt. No, no, it's a good interruption. Okay, good. Uh, it was great. Meditation. Oh yes, so meditation, mm-hmm. number one. And, what, what what flavor? Uh, like um, tea, tea. 
Tea flavor. Tea flavor. Tea flavor. Tea flavor. Tea flavored. But it's yeah, tea flavor meditation. And does that mean TM? Yeah, TM. Yes. Was that not clear? Okay. Yes. TM. What's your mantra? I'm just kidding. My mantra is Coldplay forever. No, it's Tony. Ride it. So you meditate. Still, it's still because I grew up loving Annie Hall. I still get a bit nervous to say to someone, I really, TM has really changed my life because all I can ever think of is Jeff Goldblum saying, uh, I forgot my mantra. That's in right. Hall. That's right. That's so, so I'm like, oh, I, TM uh, people. Yes, yes, I uh, forgot my <laughs> mantra. Um, maybe, 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 Chris, I love that. Love this fabric. Yes, look at this shoe, a loud shoe, just a little punctuation. That's at the good. And the sentence, yes. Oh, yeah. Can you do him from. Um, Portlandia. If it's when not he's that, selling I the doilies. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Oh, that's Fred and um, Carrie are in Portlandia. You know, yes. And they have they go to a thing called the doily shop where they sell doilies. <laughs> you know, those yeah. sort of weird things. <laughs> what a perfect setup. And Jeff, Jeff Goldblum is the. Oh my God! Oh, yes. you, you put this you under a teacup, yeah. Oh, that's oh. nice. And then yeah. they, they all have glasses, and they all—it's—you have to just watch it. <laughs> it's okay. a masterpiece. Get a pair of scissors and make a snowflake out of this one. Yes. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Do you agree that Fred and Carrie are just—I mean, that, that, those three acting together to me is like oh. heaven. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. When Fred did the podcast, I said, "Do you ever get tired?" Because it seems like they're riffing so much. I was like, do you get tired of having to carry the jokes in every sketch? And Fred is just no. dyed in the wool silly and he loves being funny. There's no burden to that man. No, the first yeah. time I ever met Fred after an SNL, he, he was in a, a bit with me. And I, but I didn't know. He's like, you know, well, next time, when, just like with the bass, just make sure with the bass. Like, oh, very good. Like, Who is this guy? Just, oh, like, you know, I just noticed with the bass. Just the all I was talking about was the bass. And, I was, and, I, and, and then I just really fell in love with him. Oh, oh he's, he is always doing bits. That's what just happened with us. We were just yeah. with him, and I said, I didn't have any coffee today. And he goes, uh, He went, Oh. Uh, uh, yes, you did. Oh, wait. No, I guess you didn't. And I laughed so hard because I was like, it's so funny to hear you say something that I would say. Like, yes, that's. Did. Yeah. Oh, no, I guess you didn't. Yeah, Have you seen him, his character called Ian Rubbish? No. Okay. Oh, uh, that, that, maybe. I think my favorite, one of my favorite bits on YouTube of all time is Fred, Fred as this punk called Ian Rubbish interviewing uh, Mick and Paul from The Clash. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And Ian Rubbish talks like that. He's got like a real old school punk voice. Oh like my that, God. talking to the Clash. <laughs> and it's, ama- it's amazing. Oh, okay, meditation. Oh, oh, yeah. So, meditation. Then uh, the other key thing is uh, a thing called freeform writing, mm. where um, once a day, about for 12 minutes, you write everything that's in your. Head with no censorship at all, yeah, mm. like everything, yeah, and then you immediately burn it or flush it away. Mm. And what that did for me was let out like all the rage and the the stuff that I don't really want to say to anybody, mm-hmm. but you, you don't want to keep it in your body either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know the stuff that if everyone did it, there'd be less car honking and mean tweets and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, because yes. that is what they're doing. They're doing yeah, their freeform writing on the road. I realized yeah. that I'm someone that gets very easily triggered. Mm. very very easily by certain things especially if it's to do with someone not liking our music or mm. whatever it might be so so this this thing really helped me to have a sort of middleman between 
someone saying something that triggers me and me responding. Because mm. yeah. I used to just fire back and then be all at sea. Mm-hmm. And so um, freeform writing just gives you this safe space to say, I fucking hate this and uh, why does mm. this, I want to make out with this, whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. And then you just, just, just flush it away and it's almost like, ah. It also yes. Now I can answer the problem. Yes. Wow. And there's something so symbolic about flushing or burning it. Like, because when we don't, when we're believing those stories, that feels like that's true. No, it's that's so true. Real. It's in your body. Yes, exactly. Like, this is real. I have to punch this photographer. Yes. I, mm. There's no other way. There's no I other way. To. I have yeah. to do it. And Say then the it is once you get... Someone said to you, sorry, Val. No, Someone please. said, I liked all your albums. What, remember? Um, at lunch is out. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was, this wasn't mean at all, but I, no, that was <laughs> a, a pilot said to me the other day, I really love all your albums from the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't make any albums in the 90s. I don't know if he was, that was like the best burn ever. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was pretty funny. I also thought it was just a way of saying, I like like parachutes. I thought that's what he was saying. But I think with that, like you're always talking about yes and, and, or or, Mm. um, that's an improv thing, right? Yeah. Mm. I think with anyone that's saying something nice to you, even if it's wrong, you just have to say, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. People say, I love you on the mini project. I go, cheers. Thank you so much. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because why? 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 Oh, yeah. Why? Why? And also, (laughs) most often I would think the like intention is the the person, even if the person's going like, hey, I know you're somebody. I might not know all the details, but like, good job. It's like, that's a lovely intention. Thank you. That's totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Getting it out there. Success. What do you like about it? What didn't it? What, where did it fail you? You know, it didn't where solve did, your problems. Uh, <laughs> hey, Chris. Oi, Chris. It didn't solve your problems. Talk are you spelling oi there, Pete? O-I. Okay. Because it's like... How, what's the appropriate way you tell I think us? for that situation, that's an O-I. That's an O-I. I asked him. Oh. The I is like a upside down exclamation point. <laughs> yes. Oi. Because with a proper oi, you have to curtail it very quickly. Oi, You can't oi. say oi. Uh, that's a bit more whiny. Uh, a proper oi is going to be like, oi, oi, oi. Oi, oi, oi. I can't do it. That's what we did at the punk clubs. Like in ACDC, have a song called um, "Oh, I can't remember what it's called," but there's a sound in it. It goes, "Oi, oi, oi." Yeah, Perfect. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay, uh, Bill will remember what song that is. <laughs> you uh, getting it out there. That's what I'm interested in. Getting what out there? Love. Oh, how did it work? You're a young man. You got your feelings hurt, and you said, "I'll show them," and now you're here. Yeah. And we have Spindrift, and we have Twinkle Lights, <laughs> and there's four guitars. That's more than a guitar for each one of us. Well, I'll show them this, which yeah. I think most most people, in some form, need some kind of rejection to sort of rocket launch them. Yeah. But that doesn't last forever. I'm not. I'm not still surviving on. I'll show them this. <laughs> yes, right. that maybe got me for the first few years. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. the better fuel? I think. I think that the fuel changes as you go on. I think that. Maybe there's an I'll show them this is a sort of rocket booster, but really it's like I'd really love to do this job that I see REM doing or mm-hmm. U2 or, you know, the beat. I really love that looks amazing. And I love music and songs seem to be arriving from somewhere. Mm. So that and maybe we can get signed mm-hmm. and that sort of uh, or the in awness of it. That's a fuel like I, what what is that like? Mm. And then. Then I think the fuel, once you get signed, is to try and stay signed or mm. see if we can make this our job forever. Mm. And then gradually, I think 
there's always a competitiveness in there somewhere. Mm. But luckily, what takes over is just the love of what you do, the the love of it. Like music just switches me on every day still Mm. more than than ever. Mm. Just a pure love of the form. And then, then I think the fuel is, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this. So, and I'm supposed to be doing this for me and also for the people that enjoy it. Mm. So I think at a certain point, Bruce Springsteen, I'd say, would be an example of, he's doing it for himself, but he also knows that it's a service to all mm. us Bruce heads, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that that's, that's more a deadhead thing, but <laughs> I don't know what we call the Bruce fans. Bruce butts. Bruce Gutiers, whatever we're called. <laughs> yeah. The Springsteam. The, the, br- like the Bruce, Bruce Springsteam. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Springsteam. Are you on the Springsteam? Are you on the Springsteam? Are you on Springsteam? Yeah, I'm on Springsteam. I'm Springsteam. Right? <laughs> you're a Springsteamster. <laughs> That's if you're unionized. Yeah. yeah. So you. This is something. Are we I, organized? <laughs> please don't organize. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, I don't have health benefits for all of the Springsteam fans. Um, I have little post-its on my computer because after you make a certain amount, of, a, a certain level of comfort, yeah. like why am I doing this? Yeah. And the, my notes say. Because joy matters. That's a good one. Right. Uh, to give back what you've yeah. received. So you, 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 you're getting the songs. It sounds to me like you're going, well, then share them, right? Yeah. And, and on a fundamental level, I love it. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. Even today, we're working on something new, and it's just like, I, it makes me want to run to work. Wow. And that, for that, I'm so grateful. That is Because great. there's definitely been times where, it's become a little disillusioned or other things have taken over or you think, oh, should I be spending all my time trying to become like an, a stock investor or something? <laughs> it's like, no, no, just try and get better at the thing that you do. Mm. Yeah. And especially because, same for you, for the last year or so, it's been not possible to play for people. Mm-hmm. So that gr- the gratitude for that is overwhelming and we're mm-hmm. we're about to be able to do a few things for a few people mm-hmm. so I'm, me too I'm, literally me a half dozen at the Bray Improv this week yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like there's more to it than meets the eye with that Pete because you definitely have 500 fans in the Brea area <laughs> even I can tell you that I mean I'll come and I'll bring what's the drinks deal <laughs> I think it's two or more. I'm not sure. <laughs> but surely if we just, we can do a tweet later or something. <laughs> I think it's probably COVID y. It That's might be COVID y. This is what I keep saying. These are not normal circumstances. Yeah. yeah. And also, Brea is like close enough to LA where it's like, I don't know, maybe people are like, I'll catch it at Largo. I don't know. We can't be using this time. I love. <laughs> no, but I want to because I've been there so many times, man. Yeah. And I, I feel know. the pain. And of course, I really genuinely <laughs> Well, that's do. what I, so we sign up to do this, right? The, the ticket anxiety is a good example mm. of you get into this because you love music, but then you do. There are a lot of amendments stapled to the I want to tell joke amendments. And one of them is, and I forgot this during the year is I forgot how personal and how uh, it can make me afraid and angry mm-hmm. that the tickets aren't selling. Yeah. And I start carrying it in my teeth. Like yes. I feel it in my teeth. Mm-hmm. I'm driving with Val to this 
lunch and lovely time. And I did not feel right until I was just like, I just have to tell you that I'm feeling anxiety that I haven't performed in a while. So I yeah. feel like I have a fist fight coming up. Yeah. yeah. And I know, and we're supposed to talk about who we're gonna have lunch with tomorrow. Like I have a fist fight with a bald man and a mustache, mm. <laughs> like old timey fisticuffs. <laughs> That's what it feels like when you haven't done stand up in a long time and you're a little rusty. You're like, how's it gonna go? So you're scared. <laughs> and then on top of that, not that many people yet watch it sell out. It'll be great. But like, not that many people want to come. And you forget. And I'd love to point this back to you. You love playing music with your friends, but all these other things came along that you didn't know. Nobody trained you how to deal with them necessarily. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, start having a baby, you know, no one. Yeah, no, no instruction manual. There's not really. I think for bands, if you're a nerdy, we're, we're so nerdy that uh, we study all the bands before, and so that is a form of instruction manual. But you know, maybe don't get into heroin at this point, or maybe right, don't right. try and take all the money, even if the song is made. You know, that's right. It's a Bill Burr. Share money goes, and don't share you credit. watch behind the music? Yeah. That's what he said. He's like, I don't understand why these bands are burning out. He's like, yeah. haven't they seen behind the music? And but you guys it's, are. It's it's yeah. I forget what the point was of what I was saying. Mm. That's okay. Mm. Let's just sit in Let's the top of Pete's pick. <laughs> this is a good time. Uh, my underpants. Beautiful. I don't know where they came from, but I'd like to speak about them. <laughs> <laughs> I might get some free ones. <laughs> they got like a, a white band at the top and very comfortable. And that sounds like pick. the micro-modal fabric of MeUndies. I can't be sure. You have so many MeUndies. Like as somebody who... a lot of MeUndies. Where did you get your one piece? I love it. Oh, this is Rachel Antonoff, who is... Divine. Yeah, I, I'm happy to... Get that out. I mean, she's doing fine. She doesn't need a shout out, but she's... Uh, Everyone could use a shout out. Everybody, great. you can be doing fine, and maybe your tickets aren't selling in Brea. That's right. Listen, <laughs> Val, but let's keep talking on about it. Because <laughs> is she your friend, or you just purchased it from a retailer? She's not a friend. Although Pete danced with her at a wedding once, what? and then I got really were, you were there. I wasn't she there, wasn't there. because she wasn't invited. Yeah, and, and when I got there, going with Val. And yeah. she wasn't invited. Were you together at the time? We were we together. Were together so someone invited you, but not Val. Yeah, That's but right. we were new. I don't we know were... if you should have gone to that, man. <laughs> I don't think I should have gone <laughs> What's either. What's the moral code on that? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, did it say plus one? No. I did. I didn't tell you this, but I had already bought a and dress we... for it. Oh, that's wow. a heartbreaker. <laughs> and when I got there, plenty of seats. Yeah. Plenty of seats. They hadn't sold out. They did not sell out the Brea wedding. Out. They specifically didn't <laughs> want me there because you know I'm no, a real I don't show think that's stopper. the case. It was a showbiz wedding, and they and it was a showbiz move. And you know what, Chris, hundred percent, fuck off. I would have shredded that <laughs> wedding invite now. I would shred <laughs> that love, wedding invite. That'd be right funny now. if that was your reply on the very small invitation. Yes, <laughs> fuck <laughs> off. Um, have you ever been told to go fuck yourself? Not recently. Yeah. I, I got texted it about five years ago, <gasps> and it still haunts me. <laughs> Go yes, fuck that yourself. is yeah. And the guy that said it, I think he was quite wasted and stuff, and mm. he I was upset me. about something. It was a real misunderstanding. Oh, man. Mm. But it still bothers me today. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, was just I talk- feel bad about it. Oh, I honked at somebody once on Christmas Eve, and every time I drive by that intersection, I go, I should have honked. It was Christmas. Yeah. I, oh, <laughs> I, was I like, What could I have that. done to not make him say that? Yeah. Oh, sure. I definitely, I was just talking to my girlfriends about this, like, you know, there there are people who, like, get really mad and, and say the worst shit and then will be like, well, I didn't mean it. Yeah. And, like, I am, like, w- so sensitive, as we all seem to be, and 
I remember like, cause in my previous marriage, there would be things like that. And I, I would, he would be like, well, I, you know, I was fighting. I didn't mean it. And I'm like, I remember, I still remember every yeah, you, word. You Jason Bourne did. That just like words are so important to me and they like stick, they stab and they stick and I like collect them and it's so of hard course. to let it go. But I really do think there are some people who haven't learned to meditate in free form, right? Uh, clearly who like, they actually do mean it when they say, well, I didn't mean it. I wonder. Yeah. But you have to be a real hothead. Yeah. Like Joe DeRose and I had an argument where he really lost his temper, but he's such a hothead that yeah. I, and I say that with a lot of love, I believed him when he said I didn't mean it. Yeah. But if you're just like pretty even all the time and then and you then tell you me you to go fuck, go fuck yourself. yourself then you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Chris, would you talk about the, 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 the weakness of our strength? I, that changed my life. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I love this. Um, uh, my friend gave me a book called The Course of Love by Alain de Botton. Or if you'd say it without the French accent, it's Alain de Botton. It doesn't sound quite as... <laughs> de Botton? De Botton. <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound as good. It's de Botton. De Botton. De Botton. Who's a brilliant, uh, I guess, a philosopher and writer. Um, this, is, this is a book about uh, two people in a, in a marriage, actually. Mm. And um, it's really great. But he used this phrase in it, um, the weakness of our strengths, which, which really like... It, it resonated with me so much that I did an upfold on the bottom of the page to remember. Yeah. That's really special. An earmark isn't yeah. enough for this. We no, need so a I half page like bottom earmark fold. and a whatever the yeah. underside of that yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, the weakness of our strengths. So so he was saying, you know how everyone goes through stuff as young people and your body adapts to survive, whether that's you have an alcoholic father or you're a refugee or you're, you know, your body will, the human body is unbelievable. Say what? <laughs> covered my family. That literally is his parents. <laughs> right, but so, so the, you know, we're miraculously made so we can adapt to most situations. Um, and then sometimes later in life, those neural pathways are ma- maladapted. Mm. Well, you, you, you still use them, but for the wrong situation. Mm. So, Let's say you learn to be very armored because you had abusive parents. That might mean later on in your, your own relationship, you're not very good at letting that person in or talking vulnerably about yourself. Mm. Or you had to lie about your feelings so as not to upset someone. Mm-hmm. So later on, you, you don't want to tell someone how you really feel. So, so you the pretend. thing that kept you safe and alive. The thing that kept you safe also has a... A shadow self. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, I think, what he means by this, the weakness of your strength. And for all the, you know, I talk, uh, therapize and talk about growing up in my family and everything, that really helped me put into perspective, like, everything that I might perceive now in 2021 as a grown man with grown parents, old parents, that seems frustrating. Like, why can't you just this, this, or this? Well, that's just the weakness of their strength. Yeah. And the strength kept them alive. Yeah, it, kept, it kept you alive. It, it kept me alive. It wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but as we always say, it was the best they could do. Mm-hmm. And now we're just dealing with some of the weakness of their strength. It's a real, yeah. it's a beautiful I think, idea. I, I really like the phrase because it helps with, if you're trying to empathize with everybody, whether that's mm-hmm. Donald Trump or Kim Jong-un or whoever, you're like, okay, well, of course, I don't really agree with this, but how did you, how did this happen? And I don't want to waste time hating anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you also can apply it to yourself and to and to everyone else it sort of eases just sort of eases understanding of why people behave they do it or why mm. you behave the way you do sometimes that's right like why do i get so thrown if 
so I I hear that someone said something mean about a song. Why? Why? You know, well, maybe that's the weakness of strength in some way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Have, this is a one of my favorite quotes. It's um, hate is a lack of imagination, and it means like if you do take that conscious I love step. That. Who right? said that? I don't remember. Mm. And I think I've Googled it, and I don't know. It was inconclusive. Okay. I've also expanded it to be hell is a lack of imagination, like just throwing people into hell or throwing into people into the hell of your own judgment, just hating them. It's not taking the moment to be like, well, why are they that way? And yeah. would I have been that way if I was in the same situation? And certainly with the same body and the same brain, you would have been. De- definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that. You don't want to waste time hating well, people. Well, it's interesting. Like, let's look at the Taliban, like... I was. I've been trying to think. Like, okay, what a young man that's in the Taliban. What? How did they get there? Mm. And would I be the same? And the, the answer is most likely mm-hmm. with that. With that experience, that's right. Mm-hmm. You want to think, oh boy, Val. This is a little off topic, but she's helped me really blow my mind. When we're having a negative feeling, it's not, and it's Tara Brock, but it's not. It's what what Tara Brock taught about this. She's one of my teachers. It's not just the feeling; it's the shame that you have the feeling. I don't know why what you just said made me think of that, but like you'll be angry, but then really the suffering comes because you're mad or ashamed that you're angry that you read something that you didn't like, and that's just blown my mind. I know we went from the Taliban to that, but like I couldn't wait to tell you. Well, that's Mm -hmm. the Rumi poem, the guest house, which is is the third tool. That I was gonna say, yeah, yes. that that thing really changed my life because yeah. it, it that when you're told that, oh, you're not your feelings, mm-hmm. you're the sort of observer behind them, mm-hmm. yeah. but they can be very powerful and overwhelm you. So try and learn how to just accept them like guests, mm-hmm. but not take control. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that is an ongoing practice. Yeah. But that that is a path to some form of peace. I think yeah. those that really practice because there comes a time where you're like, why do I get all these fucked up thoughts or feelings or and and it's just lovely to have this poem mm. partly from the 13th century and partly from coleman bark's translation of it mm. that is like oh no you're human that's why you get all this feeling yes. that's right yeah when i read that poem i really am like oh this is part of the game like i'm not yeah. broken because that is like a what you were saying the shame around being like i feel everything i feel like every human emotion in one day I must be broken what's wrong with me yeah and you read that and you're like oh humans have been experiencing that yeah exactly Mm. Mm. and the idea of um I love the part that says uh, um greeted at the door laughing yeah like the (laughs) idea of of welcoming those feelings like I know you you're so when I can like really sit and be with my fear I almost always will have a moment where I laugh because I'm like, you're my most familiar friend. Yeah. Like you've been with me the entire time. I'm not like I'm scared of you like you're this other monster. I know you. We've been living together for 32 years. It's like seeing Dracula. Like Mm -hmm. Dracula isn't scary anymore to our modern. Like it's just like a weird old guy, very pale, wearing a cape. It's not yeah. scary. He was scary when you were a little kid and you saw him. You're like, hey. You're like, ah. But now I see Dracula and I'm like, what are you here to sell me breakfast cereal? Yeah. That's like fear. Yes. How many times can you see him and still be startled? That's so, that's exactly it. And it really, it really, it's so, it's kind of feels cliche at this point, but like that's the portal 
like that's the, the gift. If my fear is here, if I can see it as like, okay, so that's all of a sudden my a doorway has opened up into pure presence. If I can be with this fear and really, really just nurture it and cradle it, um, then I'm going to get into a space inevitably of like spacious, loving awareness. Yeah, alchemy. Alchemy. It's yeah. alchemy. You need the chemicals. You can't be yeah. mad at the chemicals. Well, yeah, yeah. And it's like boxers can't get good at boxing unless they've known how to be hit and how to take a hit. Right. You don't get bigger muscles unless you lift things you don't know how to lift. So yeah, I feel like all these things get sent to us. And if you're given some good guidance, you can, they can all strengthen you. Yeah. I think my, my only feeling is like, you know, it's, it's definitely in a lot of countries around the world now, I feel like who's getting taught, taught these things that have really helped me? Yeah. How, how you know, imagine if you're in, Afghanistani refugee right now or you're mm. in a lower income family you know who is helping you with these feelings mm-hmm. and then and then all these kids that get sent to prison mm. for drug use or whatever that, well, no no one has given them any chance or any tools or any yep. any way of like you must have a lot of rage and trauma in mm-hmm. you and that's that's help yeah so uh mm. this is a bit of a Segway, but no, I love that. Yeah, how is um, it? How to make it accessible? I feel in a strange way guilty because of being having access to all this stuff that's really helped me so much. Mm-hmm. Wondering, like, I wonder how everyone else can mm-hmm. that the, that this really might be a helpful tool for everybody, mm-hmm. not just you know middle aged soft rock stars, <laughs> but for everybody. Yes, yes. For the guy that like swears at you in traffic or yeah. or the guy that's a dictator right now in Belarus or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I was just thinking about this yesterday. I, I get the same guilt. Like I'm like, this is such a privilege. It's also a privilege to just have my basic needs met so that I can heal yeah. these right. wounds. You yeah the, the, the hierarchy of needs exactly yeah and um but i was also just thinking like this is why when i first was taught to teach mindfulness it was like three basic s- steps take your seat place your attention on your breath when you're when you notice that you're not your mind has wandered um gently return back to the breath and that's like the whole practice yeah And I have come now I have all these other practices and I do guided meditation and I do loving kindness and all of that. And I love it all. But there's something so beautiful about the like basic, the simplicity of that instruction, because it really is like if we could just get the word out to just like breathe. And when you're lost in thought, gently return back to the breath. Like that's so simple. It seems like any my mom can get on board with that. Some of the other practices I do, she might think would be inviting the devil in, (laughs) you know, but like focus on your breath. And when your mind wanders, return back to your breath. Like my, there's nothing crazy or woo woo about that. You know? Yeah, you're right. It's so funny though, that we're all so programmed to judge and hate things that we have no idea about at all. And it's just out of not knowing. Yeah. For example, I was raised to think that yoga was evil. Me too. Hmm. And then I started doing yoga and I was like, (laughs) This isn't evil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what about this is really helpful. And mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like if Jesus or Muhammad or Buddha, I feel like they'd all be really down with yoga. Yes. Breathing and being kind to your body and being kind to others. And stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I love that you said that because that's one of the things that some yoga classes I've taken seem to forget, which is that compassion. Mm. Val, of course, is a master of that. But like going like, if you can't, 
that's it's a love it's an opportunity to love your body and go like you know what i can't i need to take a break or something right mm-hmm. like that's sort of the point is to mm-hmm. attune with the body we've sort of westernized it and been like tame your inner bitch man and like <laughs> go for it but it's like when you can realize it's on that, the use album title but carry on what's that <laughs> no, I'm that's your mantra no, tame your inner bitch yeah <laughs> <laughs> i um were, were we you were raised evangelical. That's that's sort yeah, of very a, yeah, yeah. And Church of England, which we both pretend to know what that means. I, I, don't know. I, I oh, I was just going to say, I feel like kind of starstruck about the Church of England just because of the, crown. the crown and C.S. Yeah. Lewis talked a lot about it, but I don't yes. know very much about it. Yes, well, it's just this one church in England, and we all go there. <laughs> 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 Westminster Abbey. Yeah, I knew it. Everyone, we all just show up there every Sunday. <laughs> Wow, and the Queen does great. a speech and some juggling, and then we all go home and have some cake. I knew it. Such a magical place. <laughs> yeah. No, the Church of England, I guess, is, I don't know what the equivalent would be here, sort of deep Protestant, Protest, Protestantism? Protest- yeah, sure. Yeah. Protestant- Protestantia. Catholicism. Protestantia. Protestantia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sort of the old-fashioned uh, with yeah. big hymn. You know, one of the reasons why, um, one of the reasons why our songs probably sound like they do and have big chords and everything because I grew up with so much big chordal hymn yeah. music and that, and I love it. Yeah. In the same way that if you ask Beyonce, probably her church had, yeah. a, had a, you can hear that in well, oh, definitely sure. Aretha Franklin. You know, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where where all of your musicians went to church is mm-hmm. often a big or Lauren Hill Sister Act. That was a documentary, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopi Cooper really is none. No, you can. I bet you would do a, a real ripping cover of "Be Thou My Vision" or something like yeah. that. Be mm-hmm. Thou My Vision. Those chords. Those sound yeah, no, kind of play. No, no, definitely. We yeah. Numerous lawsuits against us. <laughs> the Church of England. That's who sued you, the God Church himself. of England. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now listen. <laughs> I'm all for a big court. <laughs> but you this is taking the piss. I didn't make you to make this shit. Do make your own ideas, fuckface. Oh, no. That's, oh, no. that's good. God, yeah. Perfect. But you, so you were raised evangelical, though. That was surprising Yeah, to both. Me. Uh, both, yeah. A little both. Mm. Um, a lot of both, yeah. A lot of both. A lot of How both. did they vary in your... Um, just mainly the music and mm. what you wore. Really? <laughs> and what impact did it have on you? For me, it was very moral. It was about like looking like you were a good boy, not being yep. sexual, not being... All of that, yeah. Fear of hell? Did yeah, you get all of it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then it, then one day when I was about 19, uh, and it also I think, um, oh, I don't need to get into that bit. But um, Sounds like we want to go to that no, bit. No, it's okay. <laughs> when I was 19, uh, I was having a conversation with a priest or minister, and I said, I, I really don't like this idea of people going to hell. Even the worst person in the world, there's probably a reason why they were like that. And, you know, sure, maybe you know, ground them for a couple of weeks, but yeah. mm. eternal damnation seems weird if that person was created by this version of God. And, yeah. and I don't think Jesus would really be that into some of the stuff that's done in his name. So I just had this sort of thing of maybe, maybe I believe in a slightly different kind of God. Mm. And, uh, and that, that was a sort of epiphany. That was like age 21. But before that, it was very much like connecting to the music and the, spiritual side of it because i can re- i really felt all that I was like yeah there's mm-hmm. definitely a hugeness and a wonder mm-hmm. and a magic but then also extremely punitive and shameful and ocd and really mm. 
kind of weird yeah. view of myself as an awful, awful person. Yeah, mm. that's right. And not really knowing how I became an awful, awful person, except that everyone was telling you that that's inherently what you are. Mm. Right. So this seems like it just felt so weird. What did the yeah. minister say or the priest when you? Uh, he said, "Well, you know, it's the way it is." Mm. And I you said, mean, "I think it might be. I think I might need to go off on my own path." Mm. Oh, you mean he didn't minister to you? No, just, no, no. He just said, "Yep, all gays go to hell." Really? Wow. I'm sticking like, with that. <laughs> and what? <laughs> so I'm going to double down. <laughs> and, I, and I'd also, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny to talk about it like that. No. Yeah. No, it's heavy. Yeah, it, it's. it's it's not that heavy, Pete. It's like, it's fine. And this is so many people and, and yeah. millions and billions of people in the world right now have even heavier religious religiosity for mm-hmm. sure. put on them with, under fear of death. For so sure. Mm-hmm. We're, we're okay. We had the freedom of choice to say, actually, I think I believe in something different. Yeah. Right? But right. I think as a teenager, you definitely have some programming that it takes years to undo. And what mm-hmm. started to untie the string for you? And, and how did you retie it? Uh, untied string was just feeling like I don't really believe that and then did you just have nothing for a while no I've always believed or known in something yeah mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't uh, I stopped I would say I stopped being a Christian yeah. per se mm-hmm. yeah but I, I became more of an atheist. Mm-hmm. all theist yeah <laughs> an all theist I've never heard all theist no it's a, it's a new phrase and it's really not going to catch on <laughs> but I think it will. I think it I feel like well, maybe I'll just try and believe in everything and see how that feels. Oh, it yeah. feels better. Oh, yeah. yes. Was there any teacher or person or quote or something you read that like helped you give language to your atheism? Yeah, once I started reading Rumi, but that was mm. not until uh, age 31. Mm. So you two. were just free form until then? Yeah, it was a mess, quite frankly. Really? Mm. Yeah. How did that manifest? Ah, uh, you know, the normal. But it's not ways. the normal because it's not drugs and alcohol. Well, right? there was, yeah. Um, just just being uh, quite OCD and quite just all over the place. Mm. You mean trying to control reality? Trying to control reality, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did have a lot of sleeping pills at one point um, to mm. try and have a break from that voice that's like, yeah, you're awful. Yeah. Oh no, really? No, no, it's not. Oh, no, no, I mean, oh, this is a great. This yes. is my. I love it. I'm yeah. so grateful for all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then in like 2012, I got shown Rumi, and I was like, oh yeah, there's there's other people that believe in God as this oneness, and mm-hmm. all people are special, and all creatures are special, and mm-hmm. no one's better or worse than anyone else, and mm-hmm. and that's what I've been yearning to have echoed. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's in all of our songs, this sort of belief in this biggerness mm. and belief in love and everything. But it wasn't until about 10, 12 years ago that I've, I've heard it come back to me mm. from way more uh, serious sources. Mm. Yeah. So this is make, am I waffling? No, that Are makes you kidding so me? much sense. No. I, no, I you're talking to that. two people that would understand. Yeah. I thought I was a bit nuts for a while. Really? Singing about love. and Most of our love songs are really, I think, songs to... God, in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't yeah. surprise me. I you. totally agree. Well, so. yeah, it is the, the and, and a lot of, um, like, you know, original, especially feminine mystics, like, talk, like, talk about the beloved and, like, yes. yearning and loving and, like, it's it's kind of just the love 
It's not. Well, it is. Sexual. It's like God is love. And God is. Oh, I have that on my arm. You it do. says God is love. Oh, wow. Or love your is heart. God. It works both ways. It works both ways. And sexuality that. is part of that. I've I've tried to make this work on stage a few times, but it's just a little too weird. Even Let's for try LA. It. <laughs> I'll try it. It was just the idea that like the universe is sex, meaning you're being penetrated by the air you breathe. It comes inside of I don't mean it comes, I mean it enters you. That's sexual. Well, everything is a union. And you yes, eat, you eat. We ate lunch, and we chewed it. We did it in front of each other. Then you inhale, a you bunch ingest, of freaks. you intake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you drink things, and it goes inside of you, and part of it becomes you, and is you. Mm-hmm. And then you poop. I'm not trying to be gross here. I'm like, you kind of have this pleasurable reverse anal sex <laughs> dropping of of the food that is you and now isn't you. What I'm saying is. You are connected to everything, and that yeah. if sex is union, your oneness with all things is sexual. I don't mean it's erotic or kinky or arousing. I understand. I just mean everything. It does. Your body away, is interacting with other things all the time, and it only yeah. exists in relationship to those other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my friend Michael Gunger has this great book called This, and he says, you are like a tree. You are as connected to the earth yeah. as a tree is. Mm-hmm. You are the wireless upgrade, meaning yeah. you can walk around. Yeah. Your roots are called feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you are planted to this planet. If I took Chris Martin and put you into the cosmos, you would freeze and you would die. You yeah. would be gone. You are the planet. You are yeah, the planet. I love that, Pete. That's so nice to have someone else say it. Yes. You feel like, okay, that's not completely nuts. Because it's, it's, not- it's really true. Yeah. But with so many things that are true, if you try and say them in English, you just sound like an idiot. Yes. <laughs> yes. Have you? Yes. This isn't a gotcha moment and we can you even can cut it out. Got you. Well, I just mean it's, I ask everybody, so don't think it's a, an abusive celebrity or anything. Have you done psychedelics? Have you no. ever had an experience? Oh, only once that? on mushrooms. Okay, so you did. Mm-hmm. Once and I loved it and I, that was good. Mm-hmm. Once and done. It sort of confirmed my suspicions well, this about is what the I'm universe. Hoping. Yes. Yeah. I was like, okay, yep, yeah, that seems to be true. So, <laughs> got it. I'm on the right path. But got also, it. I think that to be realistic, I think that wanting to sing in front of thousands and thousands of people is a very addictive, mm. elate, elatory, elating. Elatia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for Elatia. It's my new word <laughs> over here. Do you want to come on tour and be just a personal wordsmith? (laughs) Uh, I think what he's trying to say is Elisha, everybody. (laughs) He means wordsmithsia. Protestantianism. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You can just stand right there on the stage and be like, what he really means is (laughs) There's the ASL and there's the VAL. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, So I did that and it was wonderful and... um, I don't do so well on drugs and alcohol. It, it messes with um, the, what was that, the music. It, oh, some really? Some people it enhances it, and for me, it doesn't. Yeah. Oh, wow. And how does that manifest? Like you, you'll feel cloudy, or you feel like you can. Like I don't it drink uh, because I. Don't, I mean, I drink a little sometimes, like a shot of something, but mm. I don't really drink because when I was seventeen at my best friend's birthday, I was wasted, mm. and uh, there was a girl I thought was lovely and i was like hey listen to me play a song and she's like all right and um <laughs> Oi, all right, all right. <laughs> and then I, I sat down at the piano and it was like my fingers were made of plasticine i had no idea what to do with them anymore oh, no. and it was this very lucid thought 
that was like, listen, for Keith Richards or someone, this is, this works great. Yeah. For you, it's either or. Yeah, and I, wow. And I, and I, With Keith Richards, it's, it's not real. Chose. They're giving him shot glasses, but that's insure. <laughs> that, uh, he's doing shots of brown insure, and he has been for 20 years now. You think he's staying alive on Jack Daniels? That is not how the universe works. <laughs> what was the circumstance that you did mushrooms? Uh, just with some people. You can say blokes. <laughs> no, it was with it's a mates. multi-gendered group. <laughs> and and were they on them as well? Yeah, we all did. This was like... Uh, outdoors? 2014, yeah, outdoors. Mm, nice. In a beautiful place? In a beautiful place, yeah. So and it you, was a good experience. It was, a, it was really wonderful. Wonderful. It was yeah. wonderful. I have a friend called John Hopkins, who's an um, artist, who's a, a brilliant, brilliant... Uh, he, I guess you'd describe him as an ambient or techno mm. kind of thing. People... Anyone who's listening who knows who he is will know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's one of Brian Eno's protégés. And we've worked together now for 15 or 16 years. Mm. And he's really into all the stuff you guys talk about, psychedelics and everything. Mm. And he's about to release an album, which I hope he's announced. Well, if he hasn't, we can tell we'll it out. Yeah. But he's releasing an album called Music for Psychedelic Therapy. Wow. And wow. that I'll, I'll show it to you if we ever meditate together or something. Mm. It's so wonderful, and it's a real reminder that you don't actually need to take anything to get to that place. Yeah, yeah. he's he's created this. It's sort of music and sort of not, mm. and it's it's brilliant. Yeah. So I felt like after I did mushrooms once, okay, that's really the confirmation I needed of how I feel about the universe. Mm. So I don't need to do that again. Mm-hmm. Something walked you there, but now you know how to walk back your your own. Way. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That's but I really but cool. I think for other people, it's just amazing what it does yeah Mm -hmm. have hmm? i was just gonna ask do you get do you find it hard to access sometimes like that that's what my i am i actually am in a similar thing where i'm i think i'm done with psychedelics for good but what it did for me was give me like a reference so when i'm having a hard time when i in my practice like accessing that piece or whatever I have like a reference. I can remember what that right. f- experientially felt like. Yeah, no, that, that's beautiful. That's like uh, the guy that taught me meditation, a guy called Bob Roth from mm. the David Lynch Foundation. Um, he gave me this image, which even even if I'm really out of sorts, even during a meditation, I can't really get there. Mm-hmm. He gave me the image of life and all of its uh, intricacies, being like the surface of the ocean mm-hmm. and at any one time across the ocean there's thousands of different types of waves and some mm-hmm. bits are calm and some bits are turbulent and that's how our life is mm-hmm. he said in meditation just try and sink underneath for a while yeah. mm-hmm. and that's what i try and think of like okay all this is going on and i'm worried about the band and what's happening in afghanistan and what's happening in belarus and these people mm-hmm. don't have enough food and this song doesn't sound quite right and this person doesn't like me. Mm. It's just like, okay, just that, that can all stay on. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to sink under here for a minute. Love that. Image. So it's, yeah. I, I love that you have that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I do have a, f- the one thing I remember about being on mushrooms that one time was that I was, I was with my girlfriend at the time and uh, we were on a rock in a stream and I just didn't want to leave. Mm. I had someone to come and get me. And I was like, no, no, I'm good here. This is where I live now (laughs) and my best friend phil came to say that this is that's great but we should probably go back 
Yeah. The water levels are rising, Chris. We need to get going. No, I'm a frog now. (laughs) So what's your image? What's how do you get to that place? They say you're in the middle of Manhattan Mm -hmm. and everything's like Mm -hmm. Yeah, I for me it's I don't know if there's a visualization as much as um it's like this it feels like this like cozy nook that I go into that's almost lives like right here, like very close to my third eye, I guess. Um, which, it, but it, I access it most easily by first just feeling the aliveness in my body. So it's like dropping into my body. So really the piece that could, it could be as simple as that. It's just when I take a moment to be in my body and, and fully allow everything all the life that's happening there to happen without the story. So even when it's is feeling like activated, like there's a- anxiety in my body. If I can, when I can truly drop the story, it's like, it's not a problem. It just feels like, yeah, like you're looking at the ocean waves. with waves and it's as arbitrary as waves. What do you mean by drop the story? I think I know, but can you explain? Yeah. Uh, I love that question. Um, Sorry, real quick. The perfect <laughs> gene is... <laughs> <laughs> just can't help himself come on back I can't it's me and you now okay. <laughs> he'll chime in keep yeah. going you just gotta power through uh, <laughs> um, yeah so so the, in, the way that I see it and the way I've been taught is and I can actually when I slow down I really feel this to be true your body has a sensation. All of our bodies just have, for whatever reason, it could be stored energy from trauma. It could be like epigenetic energy. It could, it could be a million different things. It doesn't matter where it came from. But you have a sensation and then you have a feeling about that sensation. So there's like a, maybe like a swirling in my stomach and then I go, I'm anxious about that. And then my brain goes, because it's learned not to just trust the body's process, which would be to just let that live for a time like a guest, like the guest house and then be released. But my brain instead tries to organize and goes, okay, you're anxious. So uh, it's probably because of what's happening in Afghanistan or it's or really more. The story is often like, well, we're it's anxious. Like how bad is this going to get? Am I going to have a panic attack? Am I going to die? Is, you know, like I told Pete, like sometimes the voice my brain will, will give me for my anxiety is like, am I going to completely lose it? And I don't even know what that means, but there's just like, that's how I know I'm in my brain because I guess lose it is like lose control. And the brain is just trying to control. So my brain will tell stories like, okay, we're going to panic this. There's no bottom to this. This is really big. And then my body works on a better safe than sorry method. And so it's reacting then to all the stories my brain is telling. I see. So they're just feeding off each other. Drop the story. So I just try to say, okay, there's no clearing the story, but it's like your image. That's just going to be on the surface of the water. Um, so instead I just go over and over to, okay, what, what, where do I feel that in my body? What's actually just happening in my body? And then my brain will go, Oh no. And I go, yep, that's the story. Thank you. And what's happening in the body. And the more I practice that, the more 
I, I'm like, there's no problem. It's just a sensation. I love that. That makes me think of two things. Well, one thing, it makes me think of that all things in nature on every scale are always in various states of peacefulness and unrest, yeah. whether that's like in the insect world mm. or the sky, the, even the sky itself. Mm. Yeah. Is all, is, and the sky is fine because it's just like, well, yeah, part of me over there is really stormy. Mm. <laughs> over here we have a hurricane. Over here the sun's shining nicely and I'm just holding all of it and I'm fine and I'm mm. the sky. Mm. And yes. That's what I feel like you're trying to get to there. Like, mm-hmm. yep, all of this stuff is happening and it's okay. Mm-hmm. That's a meditation technique is to remember that you're not the clouds, you're the sky. Yeah. Right. And to identify with the blue sky and go like, well, there's depression. The difference between I am, this is Ram Dass, I am depressed. That's not dropping the story. That's identifying with the story. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let's not get hard on ourselves. I do that too. I go, I'm depressed yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. But going, there is depression, is, is, that's the difference going, I, who right, I right, am is right. noticing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were talking about on the way in. I was like, I'm just anxious today. There's just something going on here. Mm-hmm. But just going like, there is anxiety or there is a storm going by. I love that image of the ocean and of the yeah. sky. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you don't have to address things, I think. Like, we do need to help get the tickets sold. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Or we do need to try and make sure that everyone is fed on the planet and has, and we do need to make sure that we look help the environment mm-hmm. right but i think internally it's just like just to, just to try and be kind to yourself like you're not a terrible person just for existing yeah i think that so many of us are programmed that way and then how can you possibly help anyone else yeah if that's your main inner monologue that's and so i think that's why i feel anytime i'm like this is selfish to do meditation and all this work it's like mm-hmm. no no i don't think it is because if you're kind to yourself it's m- way easier to not be thrown by other people and, and to be kind to them. Yeah, That's right. and you're doing it from a compassionate place. So Eckhart Tolle has something like this where it's like if you are, if you're like protesting something purely from a hateful us and them separated place, then you're kind of just pushing forward that same energy in a different way. But if you're doing it from the same action from a like we are the same we're in this together compassionate place even if you're angry but you're angry because of the compassion that you have for the people suffering that diff that different i mean that matters yeah that's a big difference yeah i love that have you ever seen a ghost (laughs) um you have you're you're british (laughs) yeah yeah it's really haunted over there (laughs) of course it is i've only ever met people who've seen a ghost no mm. ghosts. No ghosts. No. I'm seeing you in a British prep school. You got what the best. I just got to make sure I've done. I have to leave it about just around four. What time? Three thirteen. Oh, that's oh, great. Wow, great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Have I ever seen a ghost? Yes, mm. and we can be done whenever you want. You've been so drunk. No, I love it. As, you're, as long as you're okay, you guys yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's good. Katie's drunk. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um what about a uh, UFO? You never know. Hold on, hold on one second. Oh, let me go back to the ghost thing. No, yeah. no, no. UFO. <laughs> first of all i don't know if i've seen a ghost because maybe i'm a ghost knows. <laughs> right <laughs> so i was i because I, I realized the other day that the four of us in the band have probably been in a room with about 10 million other people over the course of time which is a lot of people to have met sort of yeah so any any one of them could have been ghosts or aliens in fact, I heard this amazing thing the other day. That's a really great point. 
Well, this is I think it's a guy called Jordan Maxwell, a, a thinker, said there's definitely aliens here. But if you were an alien, would you let the human race know that you were here? No, he wouldn't because wow. they would, of course, fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like any sm- any species smart enough to get here is not going to make itself known. Of course. Wow. It was right there. Like wow. So that, that was I thought that's what an amazing thought. Yeah. In the same way, we wouldn't just waltz into Afghanistan right now, looking like you. You'd you'd be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, the Taliban. Ain't, no, they're not going to like you. So right. Mm-hmm. So you'd blend in. So you'd blend in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you ever been doing a show for lots and lots of people, and you got fixated on one person that was just like stone faced? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the short answer. Yeah. <laughs> Can you remember their face? Uh, sort of. Mm. Have you ever broken the fourth wall and been like, I know you guys are having a great time. No, it's funny, but I've been working on this with uh, a a guy called Harry, who's an older guy who's been in AA for a long time. He's a a different kind of teacher. And uh, I wanted to do some work on um, fame. What, you know, what is fame and self-worth and everything. Yeah. So uh, he said, tell me an example. I said, well, we were in Sweden one time and I think it was like 70,000 people. And we came on, and in the first song, I noticed in the photographer's pit, there was a lady on her phone, just looking down on her phone and texting. <laughs> and I was playing, and I was just, I, kept, I can't illustrate this on audio, but I was just, I was looking ahead and then sort of looking down, <laughs> like, what the f-? <laughs> And my, what you would describe as your front man mojo, it was like a leak started happening. Oh. And it just started, to, all of the things that keep me on stage and that's where I really, I feel like that's real, the real me. Mm. It was like someone had just punctured it. Oh no. Wow. And this is just one person. Yeah. yeah. And of course, the story of it was that she was coordinating photographers or whatever she was doing, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yep. It was how I saw it. Yes. Mm. And so that has happened about two or three times yeah. over 20 years. And in each of those times... That I've turned to our drummer Will, and I've said I'm out of here. Really? Yeah. And each time he's like, "You're okay." He he he's like a sort of a walking. He he he's not really into any of this stuff except that he sort of is it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. I I've known people like that. You know, somehow some people don't need to do all this work because they just are that. Yes. Oh, yeah. I see. I he is I calm and he is serene and he does see all feelings as just passing through. He doesn't go too high. He doesn't go too low. Wow. He's kind to people. He's kind to himself. Wow. And he's the best, you know? Yeah. That's how I was before my mercury poisoning. Yeah, I'm Hilarious. sorry about that. <laughs> it is kind of funny. I'm like, will I return to that? You will definitely know. return to that. <laughs> Thank you. What are the other things you mentioned that things that trigger you? I'm right there with you if somebody's on the phone or something. But then yeah. you have to tell yourself, yeah. this is you telling that story. There's a thousand mm. reasons why someone might be on the phone. They might be saying, this guy, Pete Holmes, is the, there's no one else here at Brea, but this, <laughs> this guy, this guy. <laughs> Plenty of seats available. You but this guy's the best comedian me. I've ever seen. I'm pretty sure they'll let you in just for <laughs> right. free right now. But Pete, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, yeah. I do. Or they're well, checking on the babysitter the or they're that's waiting for a text from this girl they've been desperate to hear from. Mm. That's right. It's, there's so many things. Yeah. That's it's right. you telling yourself the story. And, and also, they might think you're shit. And you have to be cool with that too. That's mm. right. It's not your problem. I know mm. so many people who really, really, really don't like what we do. And mm. at this point, it's like, okay, great. 
I, I, I thank you for. Yeah. I don't. That's okay. Yeah. Not everybody likes cornflakes. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah, just yeah. another thing to try and make some people's day nice, and you don't have to listen. Right. Mm. Right. We're just another entertainment form. Can yeah. I ask you? Let's take a line like, "That's the weakness of your strength." Right. Mm. I am not a songwriter, and I might hear something that's like that's not true because I know that you wrote a song. Oh my god! Called phone calls at two a.m. Called phone calls at two a.m. <laughs> by the band Nude, which you, which you promised to play for us at the end of this. <laughs> I could play it. Um, I don't remember the all of. I I probably do. It's in my bones. A line like "It's the weakness of my strength." I feel like someone like I say my mom, just because like a regular person might go. That sounds like something you might put in a Coldplay song. I think that's not good. Tell me, is that good? Use that as an example to, for a little glimpse into songwriting. Could you use "That's just the weakness of your strength" as the closer of the chorus? Like it's the it's, yeah, it's the punchline. Could. Could, do I don't you know think if I'm good could. enough to do that, but like Nick, it would take. It's beyond your skill to heal. <laughs> it's funny. I had a dream the other night with Nick Cave was in it and Russell Brand actually, who in the dream was a songwriter. Okay, mm. and I they had a they said that well we have Poets Club, and I said oh, can I be in Poets Club? This is a real dream, and and uh, Nick Cave is I love as a person on a deep deep level, and Russell I've never met. But Nick, I hold in on the highest level of l- poets, you know, with Leonard Cohen and with mm. Maya Angelou, with everybody, Rumi, Maya Angelou, all of them, Hafez. Mm. Like, so that's so, how you say it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I like, wait, you did a joke the other day where someone, it, this really made me laugh out loud, where you said, like, Bob, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, <laughs> I was like, that's good. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Preach. Anyway, so, uh, so those, or Bob Dylan, mm. they could make that work. It's I don't just know the weakness. Oh, you're strange. Strange. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. It's so stylized. But they'd have to tell the story. So, they would tell a story. Yeah. They would go quite cryptic and then hit mm. you with that at the end. Because the, it's a little too, it's pretty. That's straight. That's straight. So, so they would go wonky before that. Yeah. Go wonky, so wonky, like, wonky, wonky. Yeah, like straight. Dinosaurs on the donkey moon, or somewhere <laughs> they go. Yes. yes, like dinosaurs on the donkey moon. Yeah, two tangerines in a two giant tangerines balloon. in a child's spoon. It's happening. We're right? making magic. It's happening right now. Uh, funny <laughs> craziness goes to any lengths. Uh-huh. That's just the weakness of your strength. Oh right. my gosh! <sighs> so that's I was, what they do something like that. Oh, wow! Craziness, craziness. But a Coldplay song would be more like, "I have a lot of weakness." You know, it's too obvious. So, so <laughs> it's not very. It's not. We all live in a yellow submarine necessarily. Our, our songs are. I, it's hard for me to comment on our lyrics because they just come. Mm. Uh, but I, 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 we're probably a bit like lower down the poetic scale. Well, I heard you say we're, like, we're on the. I think we're on the D list of. I disagree. If D stands for disagree, I. When, when I first met you, I was like, it must be weird that every, a lot of people you meet are repressing a comment like what I'm about to say, which is that Fix You got me through my divorce. Like, mm-hmm. like a lot of people want to say that. Like I, I, I went through a phase where I'd be in a I, – literally, I was in a Mexican restaurant about to perform. That's where my career was. And Fix You came on the radio, and I was like, fuck off. Because <laughs> like, it was one of those songs that just 
went right. straight to my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I heard you, and it still does. And I heard you say something about it, which was that it's not trying at all to be cool or ironic or strange. It's just going, edgy. and that's, it's not trying to be edgy. Yeah. I said this to my friend yesterday, uh, that because the, one of the best things that ever happened to our band is that we've never been cool. Mm. Like, yo-yos were in and then hacky sacks were in and mm. then then out or cabbage patch kids did you have that mm-hmm. yeah and our band has never been in really it's it's in with us a group of people but we've never been the hugest thing mm. at mm. one time mm. yeah so that's that's sort of the fact that we're not cool that's what jim gaffigan said to me on this podcast he goes never get on the cover of rolling stone because then there's nowhere to go but down also, Will, our same drummer, said to me, this is like 18 years ago, because I would show, you know, nine times out of ten, I'll get sent the skeleton of a song and then I'll show it to them and they decide if they want to build on it and make it a proper Coldplay song. And occasionally Will says, like, no, I don't want to do that one. Hmm. And it started to become clear that the ones he would reject were the ones that were inauthentic. Really? And he said, as long as our band is always open-hearted, I'm in. Basically, yeah. what he said, and Whoa. and, and I, at the time I was, I didn't really understand, and now I feel like that was almost the guiding principle of what we do. Like, mm. don't have any fear of what anyone's going to say. Yeah. Just mm. be open, and that's it. That's yeah. the only rule. No yeah. fear of failure or rejection. It's funny. That's what we were talking about with brokenness. One of my mantras for brokenness is: What use are you perfect? Like, what use are you not vulnerable? Yeah. What use are you not hurting? Like, yeah. I always want to be over my pettiness or over my jealousy or over my whatever it might be. I'm like, then what use would you be? Mm-hmm. And the best episodes of this podcast and a lot of the best stand-up I do, it's from that deficit, and it resonates with people. And I'm not trying to say I'm like Coldplay. I'm just saying it's the same sort of, I'm Coldplay. <laughs> I'll make you feel better about the Brea Ticket situation, Pete, which is that that song Fix You just didn't even chart is that right yeah really yeah it was a total failure at the time what? really yeah i didn't know especially that. in america yeah oh my god and at that time i used to look at chart positions and stuff mm. so i was like oh fuck we're it's over did you expect it to be the single uh i think i knew when it was arriving that this is a song that some people might connect with but yeah it didn't seem that way for a while wow. after it came out wow. Speaking of arriving, how many rewrites are we doing? Is it really showing up or is it something that you really have to trim and change? And I think that I think that a good song comes about 70% fully formed. Wow. And then the 30% is takes hours and that it comes 70% fully formed in about 20 minutes and then the the other 30% takes about 6 months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Because you don't want to not do it justice well that that was one of the there were the years are brian oh that's brian yeah if something is good you must torture it mercilessly until it's either dead or great that's rule number nine or ten or something it's ten if something is good you must torture it mercilessly until it is either dead or great yeah wow i also love uh you shall welcome oh no where's the one about letting people you should welcome um all forms of experimentation without feeling any obligation to use to use it that so, is it. That's the same in a writer's room making a comedy. It's yeah. like, I'm glad you just did that whole thing, but I don't have to. Well, use because it. All, we're all sensitive. And so people, if, you, if there's a culture of fear or put downiness of like, mm-hmm. why would anyone suggest an idea if they feel like the rest of the room is going to tell them it's shit or they're going to laugh or ignore it or fuck off? 
Mm. You just stay quiet. So what Brian Eno noticed when he came to look, look after us in 2005, and we were a, me- a mess at this point. Mm. In, all, in all of the cliched band way, every band cliche was happening. Mm. And we got this building for ourselves to work in, which was the first step. And then we asked Brian if he knew anyone that would want to produce us because we needed to kind of go back to square one. And he said, yeah, me, I'll do it. And which was a big deal mm-hmm. with another guy called Marcus, this German brilliant guy who was more of a, like a, the other side of production, which is like the whip cracking, let's play it again, fellas, type yeah. thing. One more time, boys. Yeah, and Brian's more the like, let's have complete abstract freedom. Mm. And what Brian noticed was that, partly because I didn't have any tools at that time, I was coming in and saying, this is the song. And J- Johnny and Guy and Will had very limited windows to try and fit themselves into it. Mm. there was no freedom to fail Mm. so he got us to start doing this thing where if there's a new song idea we will loop a section of it for an hour and then the others and me too we'll just improvise over that and jam Mm. and see what comes up and then one of my jobs is to then go through those and say to Johnny for example this bit sounds amazing and this bit sounds amazing and maybe then he starts to organise his part so it brought this culture of freedom to experiment mm. even on a song that's going to be a Coldplay song mm. we now have total looseness and which is so lovely yeah, yeah. it's play that's great it's yeah. like say, it's like me saying to you okay tell a joke about a chicken restaurant but spend an hour on stage just trying anything sure mm. you know when you hear chicken restaurant you kind of expect it to be run by chickens <laughs> right. you know what i mean you go there to eat chickens but i kind of think there might be a chicken at the hostess desk <laughs> i love that <laughs> so there we go let's perfect. put that in the open <laughs> can we get can chorus. we loop that <laughs> but you know what chris you're, you're nailing it because as the, remember the other anxiety i have is that i haven't done an hour in a long time and i'm doing it this weekend and when i get stuck on thinking that i have to do Pete Holmes material mm. rather than play. This is a shift. I say it all the time. I don't have to do an hour. I get to do as long as I want. Like it's, and it's about play. This is what Ramdas said to me. He said, don't do comedy, be funny. It's like become funniness. Like the you way met that Ramdas. Yeah. Cool. The way that your drummer is just is a steady Freddy. You know, like has that stuff in his bones. Like I have to remember what what Brian Eno and the band was all doing was that it's about play. And yeah. I'm preaching to myself right now, but when the fuck did comedy <laughs> become something that I get stressed and worried about? Like, how dare you, I say to the malfunctioning part of my reptilian brain that's turning it into a threat. This is my joy. I'm supposed to go up and invite people yeah. to enjoy what I enjoy. Yeah. And I was on stage last night. See, I had a soft set last night because I hadn't performed in a while because I like to go Little House on the Prairie and just stay home with my baby for a while. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm doomed when I get back on stage. And I was. And I went up and I, I made the mistake of thinking it was about the words. Imagine if you thought, well, tell me if you can relate. It's not about the chords and it's not about the lyrics. It's about... No, it's a confidence. Yeah. And a connection. And a connection. Mm. As long as the songs are okay. (laughs) The song should be okay. Yeah. Look, we could come at it from both ways. It is the words. But once you have the words, it's no longer about the words. I think Brian helped us. In tandem, Marcus at that time helped us just get better as players. 
mm. and Brian helped us to just remember that it's a, a joy and a privilege mm-hmm. and we get to play music we get to play whatever we like whenever we like that's right with no uh, Sharia law telling us we can't sing it with no gender restriction telling us we can't sing because we're white men you know we're, right. we're very 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 lucky right mm. and people want to come and see it and at that time we just lost all of that joy and gratitude mm. and he started us on that path of which we're still really on because mm. now recently we've been working with Max Martin who's equally brilliant to Brian Eno in a very different way and that's been really joyful and mm. like oh, I can't believe I get to do this mm. Mm. That seems like, at this stage in your career, what it has to be. It's about recapturing a first love or maintaining that. First I think love. it's about just deepening it. Deepening it. I think I think we love it and are grateful for it more than even more at the, than at the beginning. Wow. wow! Just because. Just because, and and we have such freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and as time has gone on, we've got the muscle of not really caring what anyone thinks yeah. is stronger, mm-hmm. which just allows you to be. When you watch Eddie Murphy on Raw, yeah, there's part of me like he doesn't even give a shit if what anyone thinks. He's just going, and that's what's mm. so fun, yeah, right. And that's why you're in it, yeah. Well, when Mick Jagger is performing, he does he doesn't care if you think this move looks stupid. He's he's just being Mick Jagger, right, mm. fully, right. And I feel like one of the privileges that we have being born where we are is that you can, if you want to, just decide to be fully yourself, mm. yeah. On stage or off stage. I know. I think you're helping me come back to life a little bit because I'm like, I need the, I needed this pep talk today. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I'm stuck in thinking it's about ticket sales. It really if, isn't. Everyone who's you, supposed to be there will be there. That's right. Mm. And they came to see me. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's just, you I just think, don't know. Just don't know? You don't know. Yeah, keep the lights real low. You just, you just don't know what the reason is for you going through this right now, but there will be a reason. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, what else do we have, Mama? And then we'll ask our final question. Well, uh, oh. What do, you, what do you want? What time is it? Because I want to make 3.30. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Is your baby okay? Oh, yeah. She's great. She. I mean, did you get any texts? <laughs> I did, but um, she said she's in a great mood. Oh, good. Just seems sleepy. Okay, great. She threw up last night. Little Lee. I'm yeah, sorry. We co-sleep and she, she woke well, up. Well, that's booze. And yeah, she had she's a lot a of baby boozer. booze. Yeah. She loves, she well, she lactates Kahlua. So it's I was going to say, if you drink. Exactly, yeah. Well, you're not still breastfeeding, are you? <laughs> no, no and, I, okay. and I don't drink, really. Yeah. I wonder if that must. Is that a thing? Um, it is a thing. Absolutely. But it's also like, it's just, you know, usually it's something that first time moms are really obsessed about. Right. And uh, usually by their second, they're like, I mean, my friend, <laughs> I have one friend who's like, this kid had like weed and antidepressants and <laughs> alcohol all in his breast milk and he's an angel. So huh. I think he these- seems fine. The kid's just <laughs> scrawling red rum on the wall. It's <laughs> great. Uh, Chris, when you started Coldplay, this is kind of a manifesty question, like a Jim Carrey kind of question. Mm-hmm. Did you set out to make a good band to like be a great band <laughs> no we just wanted to be a really average no i know but hotel not a lot of people do that like not every comedian goes like i'm gonna be the fucking shit they go like that looks good I mean, three the chicken question wings. jim carrey would ask or answer jim carrey would say i wrote myself a check for a million dollars when i was starting out and i put it in my father's breast pocket at his funeral and then like 10 years later i had a million dollars you know like he post dated it and by that date he had a million dollars so like did you go 
We're uh, going for arenas. Like, fuck you. I'm not playing in the back of a Barnes and Noble. We're going for an arena. Well, uh, okay. I'll be I'll answer honestly. Uh, when when I was 14, I was best friends with Phil, who's still our creative director and Phil Collins, best friend Phil Collins. I oh. can't believe he has the time to do that. Yep. Wow. Just, it's like you know, I'm not busy with Genesis on my own stuff today, so I help you guys out. What do you need? A ballad? Okay. Here's one called. <laughs> Fix it, <laughs> Take and a look at me now. Um, Take a look at me then. <gasps> that's Phil Collins' memoir. Take but a we look were at me in. Then. That's a very a great title. <laughs> but seriously, um, let's carry on. You missed that, Phil Collins. Uh, very did. good. I was still working on your son's name is Moses Genesis something there. Oh yeah, we'll work on it. Um, so what we talk about, Phil? Okay, so we were really into the Police and REM and U two, like big bands. And that's where we were like, well, that's what we'd like to do one day. Yes. Having zero idea, A, how to do it. You Even, were the guy going, I'd like to do that one day. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it. <laughs> but but just it just seemed we may, we could have said the most, uh, well, let's live on Jupiter. Mm. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. There's just no feasible way that was ever going to happen. Yeah. But that was, that was the distinct dream. Mm. And then... To get to that has been all these mini dreams, if that makes sense. Mm. It's almost like we wrote a billion dollar check, mm. but then kept writing two dollar checks and eventually realized, holy shit, we're sort of there. Yeah. Wow. That's great. So you have a che- like the impossible dream and then the achievable one. And that kept climbing. High five. That's very yeah. cool. Karate kicks. Because it would be too overwhelming. I somebody I did a talk show. It wasn't a huge talk show, but if I had thought I'm going to do a talk show, that's insane. Right. But if you just kind of go like I'm going to do well at this open mic. Yeah. That's the $2 check. And before you know it, circumstance happened that I got a talk show and that was incredible. Yeah, like or in crashing, the Pete in crashing. Yeah. Wants to be a big comedian, but first you have to get this gig and then you have to get the permission from that lady at the comedy store. Exactly right. Mm. That's right. And a lot of musicians relate to that because it is these little battles. And then hopefully when you look up one day, you go like, oh, I've won a big battle. Yeah. But you, d- you never really saw it happen. What's, I, I really, really, really loved that Emo Phillips came onto that show. Oh, isn't he great? Because it also made me realize that once you've made it, you just have to keep being great. And it just made me happy that he's still great. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I laughed more than ever because... When I first heard him in the 80s and 90s, I, I couldn't really, I was a kid, I couldn't really see past the delivery. Yeah. Whereas this time I was like, wow, those jokes are yeah. like A grade. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Edit yeah, this out. But cool. he would love to hear that. <laughs> Make sure that's deleted. <laughs> but you know so, what I mean? Like his, his, they're almost like Catskills, perfect jokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of riffs about him that day. I forget. I, I don't know if it made the show, but I said it looks like he owns a swan, which, I, which made me really. It was really fun to riff with him about him. He had mm. lines for him about him, which was really really fun. Mm. You can edit this out. Is he really that way in real life? Uh, no, right, less it, so. It's, it's less. I, so. I, mean, I was just, a little bit. Yeah, but that's a uh, exaggerated version. I don't think we have to edit that out. No, I think... He, you can hear podcasts and interviews where he you can, kind of okay. I don't want to blow it. his cover. Yeah, no. no I don't. It's like I was just talking about, you know, Rancid, the band Rancid. Yep. How Tim, I did his radio show, and he doesn't really talk. You call it Marble Mouth, like the punk rock sort of like, like Sid Vicious, like you, you don't, you, you're withdrawing from heroin as you're recording the song right. kind of sound. 
And he doesn't talk like that all right. the time. Mm. But we want him to. And we want Emo to talk like that. It's okay. Mm. It's show business. Mm. Everything's show business. It's okay. Yeah. 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 Well, here's the final. Yeah. Oh, you're going to do the final. What do you got? I was going to say, should we do the greatest lessons? Oh, yeah. Quick. I haven't done that in the longest time. Yeah. You can give a little quick answer. How do you feel? What's your face? I feel good. I've got to go and be with my kids at some point. Yeah. yeah. Around four. Yeah. No, that's going to happen right now. This is, this is this we're done. This is the last. We're done. I, I just thought... <laughs> sort of imparted everything I've ever read. <laughs> I'm out of quotes. I, we could ask just, what's a great lesson you've learned about parenting? You're like, about parenting. hang out with yeah. them around full today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that all your aspirations to be the best parent ever, at some point you realize, nope, I failed as well. <laughs> and then you've just got to learn how to be cool with it. That, and that's the period I'm in right now. Of like, oh you know what? All of my dreams of like, you know what? I'm going to really redefine what it is to be a dad and a, and a famous musician at the same time. And I'm going to prove that I can be done right. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> wow. I just did the best. And I just have to apologize for the things that I really got wrong. Mm. Karate kicks. Love it. That's it. And, and that is the best. And there's a strange, lib- even a strange liberation in going to your, my children are 17 and 15 saying, I'm really sorry. I've got some things wrong and mm. I love you. That's it. Oh, that's all we need that's all i know you know need. that as a child yourself that's all you need yeah, yeah what about beautiful. fame what's a great lesson you've learned about fame uh fame is like smoke it mm. doesn't mean anything it's it's a byproduct if you're lucky yeah it's not something to be aimed for in and of itself yeah mm. it has some wonderful uh benefits but i don't think it's worth attaining unless you love the thing that you're doing to attain it yeah mm. wow, i'm really glad we're doing this now yes. yeah. it's also funny the more famous you are the more smoke you're around like on right. stage like oh, literally smoke yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. just yeah. like no like smoke machines yeah do you have a category um cr- greatest lesson about creativity uh that it's not from you it's through you mm. so don't worry yeah <laughs> your job is just to get out of the way these are great oh, answers. Great. And, and, and get out of the way. Buy things like freeform writing. Buy being kind to yourself. Buy mm. not looking at the chart positions all the time or reading Twitter or worrying about ticket sales. That's all stuff that blocks it. Yeah. yeah. Vincent van Gogh or van Gogh, as you guys say, mm. he wasn't worried about where's my picture in the painting charts this week. Where's mm. my ear? Mm. More like it. <laughs> it's over here. <laughs> it's over here, isn't it? Uh, it's right here. It's right here. It's right here. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm not still caught up for that you guys call him Van Gogh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Van Gogh wow need That's it beautiful well, um, some people would yeah. say Van Gogh Va- Van Gogh yeah but um, okay Vincent Van Gogh because we're in America yeah. yeah so he just painted mm-hmm. of course he was a bit worried about finances and stuff mm-hmm. but you feel with the great people Mozart you just feel like they just the stream was coming through and, uh, yeah mm. so yeah. whatever you can do to help get things out of the way. Mm. Rumi talks about a human is like a flute. We have nine holes in our body. Mm. And uh, God or whatever you believe is the magic is got to speak through you, whether you're a, a musician or a soldier or a nurse or a teacher. Yeah. Teaching's the same. Like, yeah. If you're getting blocked about that, you could freeze up. And if you're just like letting it flow, then you can inspire so many people. Like we've all been inspired by certain teachers. Mm. Mm. That's my answer. I love that. Jeez Louise. Uh, Last one, it would be show business, but the reason I'm asking is turning your craft into your job. What's a lesson you've learned about that? Uh, To still play, play, Mm. even outside of that. 
Mm-hmm. So in England, there's an expression called a busman's holiday, which is when people who drove buses in cities would go on holiday. They'd go on a coach trip. So they'd be on another bus. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do the same thing that you do as your hobby. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Like, it's like saying to Michael Phelps, okay, just go and sp- just splash around a bit with this duck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And enjoy the water. Yeah. Then go and do another 10 hours laps. Yeah. That's, uh, that was on the new Ted Lasso where he takes the struggling player back to like a an old pitch, like an urban pitch. He does? Pitch. Is that in the new season? Yeah. I'm excited to see the new Spoiler. season. Spoiler. I love that show. Yeah, it's great. It's not really a plot point to ruin. It's just a fun moment. And here's the final question, Chris. What What is the... Can you think of a time in your life where you laughed so hard you thought you might throw up or you were crying? What happened? Did someone fall? Did someone fart? Did someone shit themselves? Are you watching a movie? Are you on mushrooms on a rock? Well, the cake? punching Bugs Bunny thing really made me laugh out loud, too. Which one? The one that you and Daniel, oh my God, spoke about <laughs> on Dan Van Kirk. Like, I'm going to come down there and fuck up Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> he'll be happy to know. Uh, Edit that. No, up. that was a wonderful that yeah. thing between you guys should do more stuff together. He's great. Mark Wahlberg is an ego Montoya. That's hey, amazing. You killed my father. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> and the thing about the mafia just telling you what you've done that day. Wait, I don't remember that. Come in here. <laughs> Just repeating everything you've done, like a sort of strange diary. You come in here. You, you put down. on those trousers. <laughs> you wake up, you call your mother, you come here. You tell me what you have this you for You feel me. a little existential dread. <laughs> and then you water the kalama. <laughs> wow. So, okay, so uh, the That's time great. I've lost, it's not really a specific a time, but if our bass player guy who's very serious... Mm-hmm. to the outward eye mm-hmm. if you look at our pictures band pictures you'd think like god three of those men never laugh in their <laughs> life because they just they they like to do pictures stone-faced for whatever reason mm. um guy doesn't really talk in interviews he he's the most amazing human but he's shy in interviews mm. so if he ever goes if he ever if something makes him laugh or we're doing liners or something like that promo liners especially if we're doing them together and he makes me laugh i can't control it oh, yeah. i can't control it and, it, and it's off and it, then and then you you know you can't control it so then it gets even worse oh, the yeah. time i've most laughed is when one of the rest of the band was having some alcohol problems and it's fine to talk about it now and we were in iceland and he had been drinking all night and we went to the airport to fly home and it was around Christmas time and he fell asleep in the lounge and our tour manager came in and said, okay, we've got to get on the plane. So we had to wake him up and he woke up and he put on, he put his hand in his bag and took out some underpants and <laughs> tried to put them on over his trousers because he, <laughs> he thought he was getting out of bed. <laughs> and then as he left, he picked up his suitcase and the Christmas tree <laughs> and left the lounge. And that's the time I've laughed oh a lot. Wow. So he just looks one. like Superman taking yeah. the Christmas tree for some reason. <laughs> just like, okay, okay I got, I've got my I pants got my on. Tree. No, no, I'm talking underpants over his trousers. Yeah, like Superman. Oh my yeah. God. I've got, I'm dressed. <laughs> I've got my case. I've got my Christmas tree. <laughs> Let's fly home. Let's go. 
I love that's that one. That's a great one. I love that. <laughs> Thank you both for coming. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. I loved it so much. Thank you for Thank being you so for gracious Thank you for giving us so always. much of your time. It's nice. To, oh, I just wanted to chat with you guys. I, li- mm-hmm. I, I liked talking to you the other day. I, yeah. I loved it too. And I hope it didn't feel like an interview. I feel like we just hung out and I feel fed. And I hope you feel fed. I feel grateful to know you guys and yeah. thank you for coming same mm-hmm. would you say we have the thank guests you, say the ca- catchphrase yeah thank you katie edit that out um <laughs> where we have the ca- <laughs> the guests say you are giving me i meant to say by the way that we have a new song called weirdo you do which has been waiting to come out for a long time because we're waiting f- we're gonna i can tell you this do a kind of musical and this song's been waiting for that and it's made me happy that you use that word because mm-hmm. i don't know if anyone uses that word in america weirdo Weirdo, oh, yeah. yeah. That's what we call our listeners. It's weirdo. Yeah. Weirdo. And then when I was in Spain falling in love with your podcast mm-hmm. in Barcelona, the most, it seems to me, the most uh, prolific graffiti artist is called Weirdo. And his name is written all across the city. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. I just want to think he's a fan. And Weirdo that. is one of our best songs. It just hasn't come out yet. Do you want oh. to play it right now? I'm just no. kidding. You cannot <laughs> nope. premiere it on this show. You cannot. Uh. I'll sing it. Weirdo. Okay, he has to go get his Would you say, say, okay. What's the tagline? <laughs> you say keep it crispy, and that's how we end. Okay. Val, thank you for coming. Pete, thank you for coming. <laughs> Katie, thank you for coming. Don't forget to keep it crispy. Yes. yes. All right. So good. Thank, thank you, guys. So